Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for downloading Sporgy for free on iTunes or from ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate Sporgy five stars on iTunes and help to tell others about Sporgy by leaving a comment. Thank you for following Sporgy on Twitter at Sporgy Podcast and on Instagram at Sporgy underscore podcast. Please follow Sporgy on Facebook to like and share Sporgy. You can also email the show. The address is Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. If you would like to donate to Sporgy, you can click on the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click and bookmark the Amazon link at ChristopherMedia.net. It will not cost you any extra money, and you will help to support Sporgy. If you are looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media uses HostGator to host all of the shows produced by the Christopher Media Network. When you click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net and sign up for HostGator, you're helping to support Sporgy. We know that choosing the perfect gift for a man is a difficult task, but not anymore. TheBroBasket.com is here to help. We all know men are hard to shop for, but what do guys actually like? Their favorite alcohol, that's what. It could be craft beer, wine, whiskey, scotch, or tequila. TheBroBasket.com will put it in a gift basket full of their favorite gear and goodies. You can customize your own bro basket or choose from a variety of different bro baskets, like the Ultimate Import Sampler, the Jack and Coke gift set, or the Junior Executive gift basket. Boozeless, but still cool, bro baskets are also available. TheBroBasket.com gives you many shipping options to choose from, including rush delivery and Saturdays. 21 and over, please. State and local laws apply. Beer, wine, and liquor are not available for shipping in all states. You can help to support Christopher Media by clicking through the BroBasket.com banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Men used to be hard to shop for. TheBroBasket.com Christopher Media. Let's make some noise. Welcome to Sporty, the show that gives you half-ass sports fans giving their half-ass opinions. And now, here are your hosts. Number 59, I'm Chris. 59? I we were on 58. 58? Shit. 58. Damn it. Yes. I'm Chris. I'm Rich. I'm the Iceman. Uh. Jumping ahead. So who is 58? Oh, man, there's so many. Everybody's probably going to want to hear Von Miller. There you go. But uh, I'm an old school guy, so I'm going to say Jack Lambert. I like being associated as the Von Miller of podcasts. I'll take so, that. So, uh, yeah, um... We have a uh, drugged-up co-host tonight. Well, two hey, drug- yeah, but I still knew what show we were on. <laughs> two two drugged-up co-hosts. Yeah, <laughs> more more than the usual one. What? One more than yeah, one more than usual. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, you no, know else is probably on drugs. Al Avila. Good lord! Wow. Well, For us here in Detroit. It's about maybe, what, an hour and a half, maybe an hour before we started recording. We record, what, Tuesday, about 9 o'clock p.m. Apparently, J.D. Martinez is going to the Arizona Diamondbacks for a bag of fucking baseballs. Three prospects, and one of the prospects is number two in the Arizona organization, and he's number four, according to baseball reference, all around. So, take from that what you will. We got three maybes. We got what we should have got for Victor Martinez. I don't understand. It's our best player. We knew he was gone. We've talked about that. But, I mean, if you're going to deal him, I mean, get someone else's franchise player. Good God, man. Well, that's, that wasn't going to happen. And on top of that, man, 
this is not we want to trade a superstar for another superstar or a potential superstar for another potential superstar. This is cleaning fucking house. This is the Tigers waving the white flag that honestly probably should have been waved a few a few seasons ago. I mean, I, 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 this window has, has slammed shut on their World Series chances. And, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Miggy or Verlander going somewhere here soon. And, and reports, reports out of New England have been that apparently there's talks to send Miggy to Boston. There you go. And that remember what I said: best place he can end up is in a situation where he can just be a DH, and that's exactly what Boston is looking for. There's a David Ortiz size hole in their lineup. I was yep. going to say replacement for him. Yeah. You know, so. That seems to be at least Boston's thought about if if they're going to fucking take him, what they'd use him for. And I still, you know, I guess I'm going to strike when the iron's hot. I still say that if Verlander goes, it's going to be to a National League team. See, I saw a bunch of articles over the weekend pretty much said we are Tigers aren't shopping Verlander. I... <sighs> Yeah, but at the same time, it's like those articles, that, you know, or the press conference that we have complete fucking that's true trust in our our coach. He's not going anywhere. Two days later, you know, we all know how that story goes. Yeah, I mean, because you you need to restock the farm system. You need to accept the fact that you're going to be playing 500 or sub 500 ball for the next couple seasons while you try to build using the farm system and plugging a few holes if you can with uh, free agency. And then when you start to see that window open again, go ahead and, and go, you know, bet the house and go whole hog. Because I just, this is not a team that can just be in a perpetual state of co- competition. I don't, th- I think that now that Mr. Illich is gone, I don't think that this family is wants to keep putting money like that into this team season after season like the Yankees or Red Sox. I guess I, my biggest complaint uh, is is how did how did the whole I guess incarnation that's now on its way out start? You started with bringing a guy like Pudge here. You did, you had a name to lure some people here. And giving up your best guy for three maybes doesn't seem like it's in that same uh, way of and I said the only way you're trading Fulmer and Norris is if you get a, an everyday player, and at least and this is me. The only way I'm trading those two guys to the same team, I get an everyday MLB player and I get five prospects. Because of those five, chances are you're going to have at least one. One of those guys is going to develop into some type of utility player or something along those lines. And they got three prospects for one guy, and a highly rated prospect. So. I mean, I know it sucks because he he's been one of the, the bright spots for you know last couple seasons here now. But I mean, he wasn't going to resign. I don't even think that's up for debate. I mean, every every article I've read has him going, uh, you know, or his agent going, you know, they're not going to pay what we want. So I don't know. I, I, it seems like get something before you lose him for nothing. I mean, didn't they learn their, their lesson with Polanco? 
No. I mean, they let him walk, and instead of re-signing him, and he wanted to re-sign, and then on top of that, uh, I mean, he had a fucking, you know, great year. What uh, with Philly? I think he went to went to the Phillies. So yes, <clears throat> I mean, he had. I think he had two good seasons with them. And meanwhile, we were playing fucking, you know, fill the hole at second base until Kinsler came along. And they got nothing for him. I mean, if they'd have made him an offer and Philly would have beaten it, they could have at least gotten some uh, 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 compensation picks. They got nothing for him. So I think they had to do this because they just, they they can't afford to keep letting players like that walk and get nothing for them. Uh, I guess I'm just trying to find a silver lining in this. And but but hope those prospects work out. I mean we're we're already we're already in for a long five years. So I don't know, man. I was just hoping maybe you'd get a little bit more for Martinez if you were going to deal him. I think I think the fact that, and I know I, I keep going back to this over and over again, but it's just because I'm so impressed with it. I think the fact that a team like Houston said. In four years, we're going to be a contender. And that whole organization, from the fucking person at the very tippy top to the person who cleans their jocks, all fucking bought into it and believed it. And here they are. Yeah. I think that can be done. And who the fuck is on Houston? Name me a fucking superstar in Houston. Uh, what's his name? Uh, 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 Jose Abreu? I mean, and is he a superstar? Didn't they I have mean, the original Killer Bees? Beltran and all them, Bagwell and uh, Biggio. Yeah, they had. Yeah, that was like the nineties. Yeah, you know, twenty years ago. <laughs> but I mean, it, to me, it proves: hey, you can get if you can get if you can get an organization and everybody in that organization to buy into it, and you are ruthless, and you cut dead weight, and you don't be you don't have. Now is, I mean, now is not the time to have emotional attachments. Now is not the time for people to be like, oh, well, I don't want to see Verlander go. Or I don't want to see Miggy go. If you can get a fucking haul for them, they got to go. And it sucks. But, I mean, you have a lot of good memories with those guys. Would you rather have had none? I agree with Miggy, but uh, you want to keep Verlander, I think. Yeah. The sun, the sun setting on that career. He had yeah, but he's still someone you don't want to hit against. Yeah, but Verlander's proven to be a very streaky season-to-season pitcher. You know, one season you're going to get, holy shit, you know, this is Cy Young material. And the very next season you're getting, you know, subpar performance out of him. And it's like, why? Like last year and now this year? Yeah. I mean, you can't. You just you can't build around a guy like that. There's he's he's not steady. His days of being a top of the rotation ace are over with. He's a uh, I hate to say this. I mean he's he's you know third in the rotation guy. You know I mean that's that's where he is at this moment. He's heading for relief. Keeps having the season he's having. Maybe not this year, <clears throat> but next year. Now, this is what this is my my biggest fear with this move with Martinez. 
is that we're going to hear and within the next 24 to 48 hours there's going to be a press conference and we're going to hear some bullshit like this isn't us giving up on the season blah 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 this is us you know uh, getting something for a player we knew what wasn't going to stay. We're not going to. We're not in the rebuilding stage here, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If that shit starts, I it's going to denial isn't just a river in fucking Egypt. Let's put it that way. I mean, if that shit starts, that's and you're the a Tigers, song right there. I mean, if that shit starts and you're a Tigers fan, that's like that's the equivalent of fucking coming home from work and your wife's got her bags packed, she's sitting on the couch and she goes, sit down, we need to talk. You know, that's going on Jerry Springer and you, you come out and there's your, your girlfriend in a chair, there's a chair for you and there's a third chair that's empty type shit. That's just not good. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I really hope they're not, they're not doing that shit. I, I really hope. Because if they are, it's... I'm sorry. The, the the fans here in Detroit deserve a lot better than that. And I know that fucking Chris, it irks you sometimes. Like, you know, we mean fans deserve shit. Blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying that they, they put up with a lot of shit through the 90s, through the early 2000s. I mean, I was there at those games. I know, you know, and to get nothing out of this fucking what? 11, 12 year run, 12 season run. I mean, that's just a damn fucking shame, but... I think the Alan Brad experiment needs to end, because it's clearly what it's been with both of them. Both really their first time doing their gig. I mean, I don't know, are the Tigers the kind of franchise where you give someone their first shot? No. I mean, if you, to me, if you're giving someone their first shot in the franchise, you are a... You're grasping at fucking straws is what you're doing. You're you're closing your eyes and throwing at the dartboard blindly hoping you land a fucking bullseye. And you can't they they knew the window was coming to a close. They knew that if Leland was going to walk when he did, they had to get fucking someone in there who could come in, demand respect, get the players to buy into their system and I'm you know, look, awesome is all all signs point to decent guy, cool guy, you know, seems to be a level-headed guy, doesn't get too fucking freaked out, doesn't, you know, et cetera, et cetera. That's, that's nice, but you're not winning games, dude. You know, I'll, I'll, see, I'll see you in the World Baseball Classic when you fucking manage Israel, all right? I mean, he just needs to go. And... <laughs> Depending on what, if if they do fucking move Verlander and Miggy and what they get for him, or maybe they're going to move someone else that we, we haven't even thought of yet. Depending on who they get for him, Avila's got to go too. You have to get someone in there who has rebuilt a franchise that's had success. So, and who's done it recently. No, none of this trying to capture old glory shit. Yeah, I mean, you you said something, you know, a couple episodes ago that this town has a real, you know, this town being Detroit, has a real bad habit of uh, not wanting to let go of buildings and shit like that. We also got a real bad habit of holding on, like, like letting sentiment and, and shit, like, color 
decisions, and and, and we co-sign on it as friends. I mean, yeah, Brandon Inge, um, Alan Trammell. I mean, did anyone think that was going to work? Honestly, anyone? Yeah. So, just because you were on the '84 team, and 20 years later, hey, let's put one of those guys in charge. We'll do it all over again. You know, I did hear a local sports talk guy say something, and it made sense. When they brought Trammell in, they knew they were they were ramping up to start trying to build for you know a team that's gonna that that it could give them five six years of a window to win a World Series, and they needed to start putting asses in the seats so they can afford to bring the the free agents in that they needed to bring in. And he did that, but I mean, two thousand six came and it was like you got to go. Yeah, we got a chance now. Two yeah, we, got an actual, we got a real manager. Yeah, but I don't know, man. I know the inclination. I know that a lot of people's inclination is to go. The sky is falling, and oh shit, what are we going to do? Truth is, Tigers are going to do what they probably should have did a few seasons ago when they could have gotten a lot bigger haul for guys like Verlander and Miggy. I mean, I to me. When I'm looking at the Royals in the World Series for the second consecutive year, I'm going, yeah, okay, all right. There's been a shift to power in the fucking in the Central, and we're no longer at the top, and we're not going to be at the top anytime soon. So it's time to make some fucking moves accordingly. We were only three games out like a month and a half ago. The fuck happened? I remember last year they couldn't fucking they couldn't beat Cleveland to save their life. That's what killed them in the division. Yeah, you can go beat up on teams, you know, outside of your division, but if you can't beat teams in your division, you can't really gain a whole lot of ground. Well, and it doesn't bode well for the playoffs either. If you get there, <coughs> exactly. So uh, we're getting close to the the deadline. Is it is is this been the biggest deal that's gone down so far? I would say so. I can't think of of a bigger one off the top of my head, recently at least. Let's wait. When when is the trade line? Next week? This week? I think it's the end of the month. Is the, the last day of the trade deadline. So. But, I mean, you know, remember, they can make trades after that. They just have to make sure that those players that they trade for are on their fucking 40-man roster and postseason roster if they make it. July 31st, by the way. Yeah. Uh, did, uh, did you guys watch the All-Star game at all? Uh, we were broadcasting. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Mikey B was giving us partials. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I mean, we're not even, I mean, the, the White Sox, I mean, we're in better shape than them. We're, all, we're, we're only six out, we've, and we've already flown the, the white flag. Okie dokie. Again, I mean, at least we're not in the, the AL West. I'd be calling every team in that division trying to deal. Who you want to get rid of? And the Nationals, they seem to be putting some, some space between them and the Braves. Well, fucking Dodgers are on a tear. Yeah, I mean that's they haven't. They called a super team. <laughs> they haven't had they a winning streak record like in the that. league. They haven't had a winning streak like that. I, I think since like eighteen eighty nine. They're currently on a nine game winning streak. 
I mean, it's what? They were 30, 33 and 3 or something like that? Something ridiculous. 33 and 6? I mean, that's fucking insane, man. Hey, speaking of streaks, you were right, Rich. Here comes Aaron the Judge. <laughs> Aaron Judge. Go ahead. Is one is like one in twenty since in the last five games since the uh, home run derby. Oh yeah, he's slumping. Doesn't that happen with everybody who goes into the home run derby and does well? That's what you said. So, there you go, Yankees fans. Hope it was worth it. It doesn't really matter. He, he'll bounce back. I mean, he's not going to. He's. It's not like he's in the twilight of his career. Yeah, but he was. He dominated that thing, man. Wow. Used it all up for the rest of the month. Start hitting again in August. <clears throat> well, I mean, if you're a Yankees fan, he, he better pick it up in fucking September. And if you make the playoffs, he, you definitely want him showing up in October. I mean, no one wants to be Mr. April. Everyone wants to be Mr. October. <laughs> so, I mean, it, we'll see. I mean, I... How long I think, is Mr. November? Uh, didn't, they, didn't they call Big uh, Big Poppy that at one point? Yeah, but, but I mean, oh, we talked about it. We've already... How, how far are they going to push this season? I mean, it's damn near... Didn't it end like a couple weeks before Thanksgiving last year? The World Series, because it went seven games? I believe so. <laughs> We're going to have baseball in December. I know, right? They're going to have to plow the fucking infield. Ho, 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 home run! Play, playoff baseball ends a month before playoff football starts. Well, I mean, it could happen. <laughs> they keep adding fucking bullshit rounds. I mean, you know... It, that that was that, see that was always the unique thing about baseball before they added you know the East and West and the American and National Leagues it was whatever team took the pennant went to you know from the American League played National League took the pennant that was it and then they added you know the championship series and the league division series now they got the one game playoff the you know for the wild card teams and they got the play in game with the local little league champion. <laughs> I mean, I'm just wondering how long until it's like, uh, you know, hockey playoffs, you know, where half the league makes it. It takes two fucking months to get through the playoffs. Uh, but I guess uh, we've lamented on the Tigers enough. Uh, it's, stay tuned next week because, who know, I mean, shit's going to start going down this week and next week. This is probably just the beginning. Probably in a couple weeks. Hey, remember when the JD Martinez deal was the blockbuster deal? Yeah, I know. If I if I had if if I had to guess, I'd say this is the opening salvo of the trades. This isn't this isn't going to be the trade of the fucking season. That's for sure. So who's going? Who do you, do you who do you guys? What do you see happening? Do you see any? Do you see any blockbuster deal on the horizon? I, to be honest, it all depends who's who's got one year left on their contract and can be a rental player because that's the type of guys that get moved. Uh, you want to say something, Merle? I honestly think they're going to uh, move Miggy. Honestly, I do. He was there because he was hitting and making a difference in close games. He's not doing that anymore. I don't see him moving Justin, though. Dombrowski knows how to get him out of jail. 
Got, yeah. Got that going for him in Boston. I mean, seems like they probably have a good relationship between those two. <laughs> hey, remember that time when I was doing the do you know who I am thing? And you bailed me out of jail? Let's do that again. Well, I mean, you, <laughs> you could say it worked for Pacello, but then this season happened. Oh, oh my God. Isn't he like 4-11 and 11 or something like that? Yeah, I believe so. I, it's funny because <clears throat> I read a few different uh, like fan blogs and stuff, and a lot of what I'm reading is guys, you know, oh, well, he doesn't get run support. Etc. 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 And I'm like, really? All right. I mean, on the that's Red gonna, Sox, that's gonna that's gonna be your fucking go to excuse for why he's playing the way he is. I mean, <clears throat> now granted, he's not getting like 2013 Max Scherzer run support. I mean, that he had fucking ridiculous amounts of run support. The game, I remember, I went to a game and he had 13 runs and he gave up one. I'm like, could you save this for when Verlander pitches? The Red Sox got the fifth best run differential in the whole league. What are they talking about? I mean, in Porcello's ERA is north of five. So, I mean, how much run support do you honestly need? And if you go seven innings and you give up three or less runs, that's considered a quality start. So by nobody's fucking statistics is he having quality starts if his ERA is north of five. Of course, I know there's some sabermetrics guys sitting there listening to us going, oh, that doesn't matter, his value over replacement player, and blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, whatever. Shut up, he's 4-11, and 11, so I say to them. Say all you want. <clears throat> well, it, I'm going to tell you what. The stat that matters, he sucks. The Boston, uh, the Red Sox Nation, they, they have, a lot of their fans have bought into the whole money ball, you know, wins are overrated, blah, blah, blah. It's a bullshit statistic. Well, um, at the end of the season, what do you look at in the, in the win? Wins aren't overrated at playoff time. Exactly. So, you know, I, but to be honest with you, I don't know, man. I don't, oh, excuse me. Bro, oh, my God. Porcello is 4-12. and 12. He's got a 460 ERA and a 1.44 whip. Fuck out of here. That's what I'm saying, dude. But it's run support. Remember that. Yeah. Okie dokie. Dipshits. Uh, but, uh. So, we don't want baseball. Seems like it. Yep. <laughs> thank, thanks for that, I spent. <laughs> Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcast school is really paid off. <laughs> <laughs> we need uh, to get that fucking mask off song and start playing it every time he starts talking. Uh, Percocet. Molly Percocet. <laughs> what I really need to do is I need to go pour through the first season of Brock Meyer and just pull all kinds of shit. The, 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 well, the writers on Brock Meyer would get along with us. They seem to have the same dark sense of humor as this podcast. <laughs> I imagine so. I mean, but not like, not like one of us actually took time to like send the, the, the person who does the editing of the drops a bunch of drops, even time-coded for God, where to get them. God damn it, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I just forget about that. I forget that sitting in my email box. Just go through it. So touche, salesman. Touche. Well, speaking of salesmen, we talked about this a little bit last week with the McGregor and Mayweather 
spectacle. That's the only yeah. thing I could think to fucking call it at what, this point. What's that? The New York uh, press conference it graduated to complete circus, right? Yeah, I think they all did. I mean, to to varying degrees. New York might have been the, the worst of the fucking sh- uh, uh, circus, though. I, dude, it, this is straight up like mid nineteen eighties WWF shit. Oh yeah. I mean, last week when it was just being made a big deal about why we were on the air about McGregor saying "Dance for me, boy." And, you know, me, you, Mikey B, we all speculated, well, you know, maybe it's a cultural thing. Maybe boy over there is like, it's not what it means over here if you say boy. You know, you call everybody boy over there, whatever. I think that's out the window at this point. Uh, <coughs> yeah, did, didn't he drop monkeys in New uh, York? Yeah, yeah. They asked him about... Uh, does he think he could beat any of the fighters in the gym in Rocky Three? And he just kind of looked off, and the McGregor kind of looked off in the distance for a second. And then he looked at the guy, and he goes, "Is that the one with all the dancing monkeys in the gym?" And the scene he's talking about is when Apollo takes him to the urban gym, takes Rocky to the urban gym to train to fight Clubber Lane. So, yeah, they're going lowest common denominator. This is literally tur- turned into the great white hype. If this, I was going to say, if this isn't the exact script from the Great White Hype, I don't know what is. It's damn close, dude. It's damn yeah, close. Yeah, when, when he was in the ring and he's going to kiss the donkey, Riff. Smooching with the donkey. Pretty, I, this is WWE shit, man. I mean, this is this is not even... I, I don't know how the fight can live up to the spectacle leading up to the fight. I, I know I mean, one thing. They're, they're getting a lot of people interested, so there's going to be a lot of people that pay for it. So I'm going to get a lot of ways to watch it on Facebook. Rich, you made a very <laughs> good point that uh, Bill Burr also made. Is This is going to end up being that the, the uh, press conferences are better than the actual fight. Oh, definitely, dude. Definitely. How are you going to top this shit? You know, and I ran across an article, and I know that you know we shit all over ESPN, in my mind, rightfully so a lot of times, but I did run across an article by Mike Wise that the ESPN posted that I thought would, took a pretty even-handed approach to the whole situation. Now, of course, he goes, starts off the article, you know, they're cashing in on race and they're playing, you know, the, 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 they're, they're dividing their, their audience, you know, okay, who's going to root for Mayweather because he's black, root for McGregor because he's white, et cetera, et cetera. And then, I mean, he actually goes on, he, he calls out McGregor on the shit, you know, that he said. You know, even though I'm just not this sensitive, I, I don't think his jabs at fucking at Mayweather possibly being, you know, illiterate. I don't, I, the only reason that that's racist in my mind, that anyone would say that's racist, let me put it that way, is because he's saying it to a black man. Because when 50 Cent was saying it to fucking Mayweather, no one called him racist. Now McGregor says it and it's racist. So that's about the only one I don't agree with. But I mean, you know, he, he right up in his face said, dance with me, dance for me, boy. Like I said, referred to the people in Rocky Three in the gym as dancing monkeys. You know, on top of that, Mayweather's been throwing around as they, as they quote in this article, I'm going to quote now. 
use of hate speech. Uh, called him a faggot in London and used the most derogatory descriptions of women imaginable on McGregor. Bitch and hoe. And I'm like, cunt, coos, gash, twat. I can come up with a bunch better ones than that, but okay. Come guzzling, gutter slut, sperm, 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 road, road whore. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, can, I can come up with a, you know, a lot Dick better Mitten. than that. Yeah, Sarah Palin. I mean, I can, oh, I can just come up with some <laughs> salt all day. <laughs> and Coulter. He goes on to say that uh, the realist will tell us that the litany of F-bombs simply translate to business partner. And then there, there were the winking denials of racism, but Mayweather and McGregor didn't just cross boundaries of race, bigotry, misogyny, and profanity this week. They obliterated them, bleeping their way through a two-continent, four-city tour of filth. This was always coming, of course. See, to, uh, me, to me, it was so over the top, I'm starting to think it's all staged. So, and this is, this is where he gets into it. He says, it's always... It's always been an unrealist. It's always been unrealistic to expect morals from the fight game. Even where Muhammad Ali once stooped to asking Chuck uh, Whipner, the real life inspiration for Rocky, to call him the N word while selling their heavyweight title fight, Whipner wouldn't go there. So Ali lied on the Mike Douglas show, whispering in the host's ear that Whipner had called him that, or had called him the racial epithet. I mean, that's pretty fucking ballsy to call out Muhammad Ali on throwing out the race card to sell a fight. And I mean, in today's <clears throat> politically correct, skewed, you know, way of looking at everything, we can't even look at the. You cannot be that honest about the past. You can, but I, I, I'm shocked that he did it. Because one, he's white. Two, he's a male. And let's be honest, just basing, just going on pure fucking numbers, he's probably straight and those three things mean in a lot of people's eyes he has no right to call out anybody who's not a white straight male i mean i'm just starting to think that the, him and mayweather are getting together like oh I'll, 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 I'll say dance for me boy and yeah you talk about rocky three and i'll say oh is that the one? like that's how over the top it got towards the end of last week i was like eh, uh, is it, you get this my bullshit detector is going off i guess you could say and that's what I'm saying. I mean, for and this isn't like boxing historians know that you know race has always been used to sell fights. That's why they had the movie, the big, the great white hype. I mean, <laughs> the whole movie was you're not going to find a white heavyweight to compete because if you do, the, half the country's going to lose its fucking mind rooting for him simply because of the color of his skin, which is, I mean, to me, stupid. I, I, I've never, I've never understood when, like, okay, perfect example. You know, you're a fan of a fucking basketball team, and it's all black guys on the team, and they go out and they get a white guy, and then I, all of a sudden I see all these white guys rocking that guy's jersey. Darko. I just, I don't get it. I mean, hey, hey we got one. <laughs> That's what that is. I mean, is your self-esteem so fucking pathetically low that that's how you have to fucking make yourself feel that you're worth anything is by attributing, like, some sort of accomplishment to yourself that there's a white person on a fucking basketball team you're a fan of? And it's it's just as stupid as when you see... And I, and I get the argument that people fucking are th going to throw at me when, I, when they hear me say this. It's just stupid as when you see a fucking a black guy in a hockey team and all the black kids are like, oh, oh, that's my favorite player. 
Well, then you're not a fan of the. Here's my thing: you're not a fan of the sport, then. Yeah, but we're getting into a deeper conversation here. Of for some reason, people like to see themselves doing things. Like well, this is like this, this is it's starting oh, to happen in politics. Like, and it's just, and we need to get. Uh, uh, never mind. I'm starting a whole different conversation for a different podcast. No, it's it's it, look, it's legit to the fucking to the story. Well, it's just we need to get out of just because they look like you doesn't mean they're going to do the best job. Like it doesn't mean they're the best player. Like I don't. It's it can apply to a few things. No, oh, and I'm right there with you. I mean, I have a friend who I've never looked at and have never heard her claim any type of Irish heritage. And her last name is a very ethnic last name that ends in a vowel. And uh, and she's not Italian, okay? I'm not going to call her out because she's, I, I don't know if that's just wrong. There's no reason to call her out. But she's, like, posting, like, oh, yeah, yeah, my people, my people this, my people that, my Irish people, my Irish family. Bitch, you have a Hispanic last name and you're dark-skinned. Stop it. Oh, I thought maybe with the vowel last name, it was the, uh, the people with the submarine with the screen door. Those folks. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, but Rich, I mean, it, white, black, Latino, it really doesn't matter when it comes to boxing. Think back with Mike Tyson. The, the press conferences were always better than the fighting. Seriously. He would go out there and say some outlandish shit. You, you want to tune in to the, the weigh-in more than the fight, just to see how outlandish he would be. Yeah, but he only started doing that once he lost his once he lost to Buster Douglas and he lost his title. In his mind for a minute. I mean, think back to his press conferences when he was fucking knocking motherfuckers out in those microwave mini fights. He wasn't up there acting a fucking fool, talking about I'm gonna fuck you till you love me. I wanna eat his children. Yeah. All that shit. That was when he couldn't fucking win a fight. Yeah, we're talking and about he had to sell it. face tattoo Mike Tyson. I mean they, they this is not a fight. This is a fucking spectacle. This is, at best, an exhibition. At worst, a fucking three-ring circus in one ring. This is Dana White trying to buy a summer house with cash. Pretty much. And they knew the best way to sell this is, hey, let's, let's, let's open the window and get all racial in this piece. And it worked. I mean, you could say it doesn't matter if they're white, black, whatever, Mike Tyson most of the time was beating the shit out of fellow black people. I can't remember. My point was the the press conferences are usually more entertaining than the fights. It's very few and far between that you can watch a boxing match and just walk away and be like, "Damn, that was a hell of a fight." It was back and forth. Like like you guys talked about Rocky, that that type of fighting doesn't exist with him and Paulo Creed. You know, one beats on him, and then the other beats on him, and then the other, and then it, they both fall down, and oh my God, one made it up before the ten count. I, it's well, very few and far between that you get those fights. Yeah, I totally agree with you because it's fucking horseshit. It's Hollywood horseshit. So I mean, they have to build shit up to sell it. I'm gonna laugh my ass off if they pan around the arena and it's empty, and their box, no. their pay per view tanks. I'm gonna laugh. I'm gonna laugh so hard. You are living in a yeah. You took one too many of them pills tonight, son. There's no way that arena is going to be empty. No, it's going to be sold out. Dude, they sold out the Barclay Center for a fucking press conference. You don't think they're going to sell that fight out? Come on, man. Yeah, I mean, that fight's going to be sold out. People are going to fucking watch it. You know, uh, whether they watch it 
an hour after it's done on fucking Facebook or if they go to Buffalo Wild Wings, like Bill Burr said, <clears throat> or, it's you know. It's a huge opportunity to uh, turn them into gas chambers. You know, oh, think of the humanity, all the sleeveless shirts and tap-out shirts that would be lost. Uh, <laughs> Bill Burr did actually go that route with his <laughs> Did he? Yeah, it's, it's kind of <laughs> like two at, with uh, Adam Carolla. He always says to have a uh, put out an ad that says free cockfight for Raiders fans. And then just go there and start arresting people on warrants. <laughs> That's cold. Accurate, but cold. <laughs> I mean, I get what you're saying, Earl. And here's the thing. If the fight was going to be any good, they probably wouldn't sell it like this. And they wouldn't sell it this hard. Not not with the fucking... See... <clears throat> yeah, to me, me. this I'm, is I'm, like when you over... When, whenever I see a little, few too many commercials for a movie, I start going, this movie must be a piece of shit. You saw all the good highlights in the in the commercial trailer. Yeah. Well, t- just if it's on if it's on like every commercial break, like two months before the movie comes out, I'm like, this movie must be a turd. Dunkirk. I you know, I'm hesitant to bring this article up because I've only seen it in one. I've only seen it. It was on uh, uh, total. I believe it was Total Pro Sports, and they had an article claiming that. They had pictures of Mayweather and McGregor in a private jet sitting next to each other, laughing and giggling with each other. Now, the reason I'm hesitant to bring it up is because I didn't see the pictures myself. But let's just move under the assumption that that's a legit story. Is any of us shocked? I'm not. Not even a little bit. I mean, at this point, don't we know we're watching theater? I mean, this is basically... You have to be just mentally handicapped, and I'm not using that as funny. I'm saying it's serious. You have to be mentally handicapped if you think that you're not watching a show. Because uh, anybody yeah. who knows Mayweather, and, and this podcast has discussed it to, to its end, Mayweather has nothing to prove. His fights speak for himself. He is 48-0. and 0. The man can box. Okay. So there's nothing to prove for him. Conor McGregor can fight. He has been in the octagon multiple times. Everybody's seen what Conor McGregor can do. There should be none of the spectacle if this was a serious fight. They should meet. They should say, I'm going to whip his ass. Yeah, you could try. So is 48 other people. Get to the weigh-in. Get to the fight. Throw down. That's not how this is going down. This you is know, a spectacle to raise money. That's now, it. Now... I haven't found pictures of them laughing and joking together, but I've definitely found more than one article that says they shared a private jet from New York to London. There you go. So, and it might be a case of they didn't print those pictures in the article I read because they didn't have permission from the person who took the pictures, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But I I will say this. Joe Rogan brought up, uh, he was talking to Maynard James Keaton. I think it was last week this was on his podcast and he brought up a good point something that i hadn't even thought of about this fight this is the first time in probably mayweather's life where he's staring at his opponent and he knows that that opponent has no fear of him in a real fight because in a real fight just what mcgregor said i would kill you in 20 seconds that is exactly what would happen if it's not a boxing match 
it's there's no competition and it, there's hardly any competition with it being a boxing match because I think Mayweather's going to fucking rock his world the man's never gone more than five rounds in his entire life I mean unless he fucking starts landing blows on Mayweather that he's that Mayweather's never fucking ever had landed on him before I don't see how he can fucking last the distance to get a decision and I don't I don't and his style of fighting does not lend itself to laying back in the buckwheat and letting the other guy wear himself out. Mayweather, yeah, that is his style of fighting. I, I'm going to take it a step further, Rich. I said when this first started, I thought Conor McGregor could win. It, it's gotten to the point that I'm disinterested in the fight. I don't care who wins. Because I see now, and I'm not mentally handicapped, I'm not a sheep, I see this is only a money grab. So whoever they planned to win is going to win. It's almost like I feel that if Conor McGregor hit Mayweather too hard, he would stop and like help him up and be like, "All right, you're all right. All right, let's go." <laughs> I just I, I I'm not flashing, kidding. I keep flashing back to the Great White Hype where fucking Pete Berg hits him with that overhand right. Damon Wayans kind of gets his bell rang for a second, and then yeah, he looks like. The fuck are you trying to do? Embarrass me? <laughs> and it just whoops his ass. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, but anyways, going back to what Joe Rogan and 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 Kenny were talking about, that's a pretty big fucking mental. It's got to be a mental thing, knowing that this guy has no fear of you whatsoever. Like, even if you whoop him in a boxing match. He'd just take off those gloves and say, you want to go for real now? And Mayweather would have to back down like a bitch or take an ass-whooping of a lifetime. That's just all there is to it. I mean, dude, could you? I want you to imagine Conor McGregor throwing Mayweather to the ground and pounding his fucking head in. And what the fuck is Mayweather going to do? Hug him? It don't work in fucking MMA. <laughs> He'll just fucking maneuver around until he gets him in a fucking arm bar or some shit. He throwing elbows. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that's another thing. He said... Joe Rogan said, this is all bullshit. This is a spectacle. He goes, I'm, I'm not going to call it a fucking, I'm not going to say the fix is in, but I'm going to say this. The, the only way they could have made this a legit fight is say, okay, Mayweather's going to box, Conor McGregor's going to box, but he can also use his elbows. That's the only way it's going to be a fucking close fight. And they won't do that. I mean, even though Mayweather did say at the press conference, or, or after a press conference and interview last week, we did, we talked about it a little bit, that, yeah, he's up for a rematch, and he'll do he'll fight him in, in the octagon. And I'm like, oh, he's stupid if he fucking really believes he's even got a chance at that. I mean, it, 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 he's taking one too many hits to the head. <laughs> it's just all there is to the head. It, it's, it went from the great white hype to snake eyes with Nicolas Cage. Somebody's going to start screaming, here comes the pain! And then a phantom punch is going to knock, you know, Conor McGregor out. Does anyone know Vince McMahon's whereabouts during this press junket? I, you know, I, I would say this. If I'm Vince McMahon, I'm calling Dana White and saying, you got to pay royalties on your fucking spectacle here. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, you can't... I did this shit first. Yeah, I was, you know, literally, I'm sure Vince McMahon was like, I was just waiting for McGregor to go, oh, let's get ready to suck it! You know, <laughs> Do the DX fucking, you know, crotch bump. Yeah, all right. But, I mean, yeah, with know, all the spectacle that they did, if anybody takes this serious at all, 
you, you, oh my God, you got a special place in someone's head, man. Uh, you know, going back to the article, I, how do I put this? I understand why they're going the lowest common denominator and trying to sell this fight based on race, but I mean, it, I really do feel like this is one of those situations where it shouldn't be ten steps backwards for pop culture, but it is. It's like, really, we we can't fucking. This is this is this is how we still sell a fight in the twenty first century. You know, get get everybody pissed off at each other because, like I was telling Chris during the pre show talk we had. You know, I don't know if it's MMA fans and boxing fans are just fucking savages and they just don't give a fuck. But, I mean, in the comment section, there's not even a, hey, how you doing? They just jump in with the racial epithets and hating on each other, threatening to kill each other. And I'm going to butt fuck your bitch and I'm going to find your daughter and cut her fucking throat and fuck the wound and all this shit. And I'm like, God damn, you know, white boy this, you know, black boy this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, man. Is this really what we want? We really want to bring out fucking this side of people and, and like, stoke this fire? Well, Conor McGregor and his father both came out and said that it's not the color of the skin that matters in this fight. Okay, and I, and I guess it's it's like when, when an athlete fucks up and reads a prepared, you know, a pre-written statement. Someone else wrote for him, and he gets up there, and he reads it, and he walks off without taking a question. He had to do that. He has to do that. But this is this to me is a clear cut case of I'm not listening to his words. I'm I'm watching his actions, and his actions are are of a of a fighter who knows damn well if he wants to sell this fight, he's got to drive a wedge in between the black and white fans. And it's amazing to me how many people, after this fucking this last week of their nonsense, along racial lines are like i mean I, all the white people going oh mcgregor's gonna kill him he's gonna he's gonna knock him out in the first round and i'm like what the fuck are you people on like seriously on what planet do you live and where the fuck were you i wouldn't hear in this shit to uh, until fucking it became a racial thing and like i said i start seeing white people who have as far as i know no Irish ancestry start fucking waving, you know, posting Irish flags and waving Irish flags and claiming that, you know, they've been down since the troubles and all this shit. And I'm like, I don't think so, homie. Sorry. Making potato hats. Exactly, yeah. See, now, the, the ironic thing is, I brought this up to you guys a long, long, long time ago when they first started talking about it. You guys never had, never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Never going to happen. Then it's not, now it's happening. And they, they went from making people believe it's never going to happen all the way to the guy who was very interested, me, to I don't care what happens. Yeah, but before you, it's terrible. Before, you, before you have another rib removed to fold yourself in half and blow yourself, remember what we said. It's never going to be an MMA fight. The only way that they were ever going to fight was going to be a boxing match. That's what we were saying was never going to happen. Right, what, Rich, kinda, but think about this. What kind, of match are, what kind of match are they having? But, but think about out. this for a minute, though. Cricket. He's 40 years old going against a 28-year-old. And it's a guy with a very solid chin. He can take a punch. He's taking a punch from almost bare knuckles without the big padding that Mayweather's going to hit him with. This is not at all going to be what he is used to. And if this fight was an actual fight, 
even an exhibition fight, but an actual, you know, blow for blow, let's see what happens fight, Mayweather would have his hands full. As we've seen from this spectacle, that's not even close to be what this is going to be. It's a hundred percent money grab. I I would be shocked if the whole thing wasn't choreographed. And that's you know, just and, terrible. And this is this is one time where I, I guess I'm gonna have to fucking go in my kitchen and find some tinfoil and put it on my head right along with you. Because I wouldn't be shocked if this whole thing is fucking scripted and it's core and it's a choreographed fight. And they try to get <clears throat> and they try to get some sort of three fight thing out of this, you know, cash in three, three times, you know, kind of best, best of three wins the fucking wins the fights. No. Cause then Mayweather would have to lose and that ain't happening. That is not happening. His undefeated record is not going to get tarnished Mayweather's like by 45. some 28 year old white boy. Excuse me. Unless he agrees to do an MMA fight. And I mean, if it is scripted and it is fucking choreographed, yeah, then he would, he would fucking agree to do an MMA fight. Oh, absolutely. Maybe Mayweather got paid $100 million because he's going to lose. Nah, I'll put on tinfoil. I'll put an extra layer of tinfoil on there. Uh, well, I mean, if he wins, okay, if he wins the boxing match and he agrees to a rematch under MMA rules, McGregor's going to win that. And then the third one, what do they do? Half the rounds is boxing, half MMA. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking play Monopoly until someone fucking flips the board over and that's the loser. Yeah. But, I mean, right. as long as I'm the banker. They each get a gun and a bullet. They get one, they get one of each. Alexander Hamilton style. Do it. Aaron Burke. Well, 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 I mean. No, they don't have to duel. You just get one gun and one bullet. Make it count. If 50 Cent was in charge, he would just fucking throw a book in the middle of the ring, and that'd be the end of that. Here's War and Peace. Read me the fucking preface. Oh, that's what I thought. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, I mean, once again, I, I don't know how anyone thinks that this is like a legit thing. I know that the closer I get to, or we get to the fight, I'm going to see people and hear people talking about it. And it seems like, you know, it seems like if they were looking to get the most casual of casual fight fans out and excited, they've done it. But at the same time, they've alienated people who wanted to see a legit fight. Which, like basically, I, I, yeah, basically, I'm co-signing on your point, Earl. So, there you go. I mean, I was so hoping it was. I was. I was like, you know, he called Mayweather out, and it, he, you know, his ego is writing checks. His ass can't cash anymore. This is going to be badass. And then they did all this, and and then it got so far as to now we're talking about black and white. American versus Irish. I'm like, oh, no. And, and you have to be a special kind of special to think that this is still going to be a legit fight of any kind. Well, it, it, anyway, they, they fucking done what they wanted to do. I mean, that's really all there is to it. They fucking have got people that are willing to pay the $100 to watch the fight. They've got people who would never probably watch a fight otherwise. I mean, maybe a heavyweight championship fight, but never in this weight class would they watch a fight. So I guess more power to them. It's just, 
I think it's pretty pathetic that they got to sell it this way. I mean, to be honest, and all the shit talking has. has I'm surprised Mayweather hasn't thrown in his face. Forty nine and zero, motherfucker. Forty nine and zero. What do you got to say? How many? How many? How many crooked letters you got in the loss category, or crooked numbers you got in the lo- uh, loss category? Forty eight. I have no idea what the fuck that meant. Is that like forty two? The answer to everything in universe because. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Mayweather has 48 wins, zero losses. Well, he had 49. Richard. Is it 49? I'm talking about McGregor. If I'm Mayweather, I'm just going, I ain't ever lost. How many times you lost? I mean, McGregor's lost in MMA. I mean, no one's, that's the thing. No one's even bringing up fucking, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm undefeated. What are you? Even in your sport, you can't go undefeated. So you think you're going to come to my sport? Fuck out of yeah, my but face in his nonsense. sport, you can use feet, elbows, knees, the, the cage. Yeah. In Mayweather sport, you get a padded glove. That's it. The Mayweather is forty nine and zero, oh, and cool. from Grand Rapids, Michigan. I did not know that. Well, okay, that settles it. He can't read if he went to public school in Grand Rapids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that settles it, Homer. I'm picking Mayweather. Oh shit. Well, anyways. Um. Yeah, uh, I think we fucking beat this fucking topic into the ground. Do we want to? Uh, McGregor has lost three times. That's. I, th- I knew it was like three or four fights he'd lost. I mean, like I said, all I'm saying is track record isn't even being hasn't even been brought up at these press conferences. It's just been insults thrown back and forth. It's basically like a really lame version of the dozens. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I mean, it's good shit talk for athletes, but it's really lame if you're sitting around with your boys ripping on each other. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I was, at one point, I was really waiting for, like, Mayweather to be like, you know, McGregor, when you were, you're so ugly when you were a baby, they fed you with a slingshot or some shit like that. I mean, just to come out of left field with some bullshit, like that we used to say in grade school. Now, uh, Mayweather's a heavyweight, right? Mm mm. Oh, okay. Nope. No. He's dude. Conor, Conor, Conor McGregor is like five foot eight, and May and he's taller than Mayweather. Like, yeah, because I'm reading everything I'm reading about McGregor says he was lightweight, featherweight. I mean, yeah, they got him. Okay, they have Mayweather listed as five eight, hundred and fifty one pounds. Yeah, no, that ain't heavyweight. And the divisions he's fought in is welterweight, featherweight, lightweight, light middleweight, super featherweight, and light welterweight. All right. So it's even matchup physically. McGregor is the bigger of the two, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, I think he, I believe he does have him on reach. But, I mean, like, once again, the fuck does that have to do with anything if he's not a boxer, you know, he's not a professional boxer? That's not going to help him. Well, if it's all scripted anyway, what does it matter? Yeah. In the sixth, your ass goes down, or whatever the fuck it was. His real name's Floyd Sinclair? <laughs> That's his real name? Yep. Floyd Sinclair. Floyd, Floyd Joy Sinclair. Okay, then. All right. Let's see why I went Mayweather. Floyd Sinclair. Sounds super honky. Oh, shit. So... Do we want to move on to, uh, uh, oh, shit, uh, NBA Summer League MVP? The ball. 
Has, has, okay, has, Chris, I'm pretty sure me and you are probably at the same point. Do you even fucking listen to anything his fucking idiot father says at this point? Nope. I mean, I guess, I guess the no, latest thing. White noise. One of my coworkers was like, do you hear his latest, you know, shit talking that he come out? And I was like, no, don't really care. But I guess I should know this. What, what did he say? Apparently, he's, it's not just that he was going to, he would beat Michael Jordan one-on-one. It's a daddy ball could beat Shaq one-on-one. Or, excuse me, in a two-on-two game. What so it'd be, yeah, pretty much. It'd be balling in and what Woody Harrelson versus Shaq and a pygmy. <laughs> I love how he's invincible in all of his hypotheticals. I would be Jesus one on one on the water. Yeah, he'd be in his home court. Be you playing know, he, on a cloud. I'll still beat him. Yeah, <laughs> he's the type of idiot friend. He's the type of idiot that like I've had as a fr- as a friend from time to time. Like, when we go out and we're working in the fucking sun with no shade, and I'm like, man, you better fucking cover up your head and put some fucking sunscreen or something on. I ain't gonna wear that faggy-ass sunscreen. Okay, dude, are you telling me that you are tougher than the sun? That you that, that you are meaner and tougher than the sun? Get the fuck out of here, dude. Put your fucking sunscreen on, stupid. Fuck the sun. Look at it all Look. up in the sky. Come down here and do that shit, son. LeVar Ball's <laughs> the, the guy that's getting the front row seat to the McGregor fight thinking it's actually real. Uh, you know, I mean, dude, he's apparently people close to that family have been letting little information leak, and he wants Kardashian levels of success. He wants a reality TV show Why? for his family. He wants to be paid $30,000 for every fucking every time he posts on social media like the Kardashians are. I mean... Better get an ass like the Kardashians. I uh, just release a sex tape. Here's the thing: he's a stained, crooked teeth, goofy-looking motherfucker whose head looks like a half-sucked milk dud. So he ain't going on fucking sex appeal. All he can do is run his mouth. And for whatever reason, like people fucking like, people must want to see it and see more of it. Uh, the only thing I know about the whole ball situation in the last week is. Lonzo took a bunch of shit for wearing Nikes when he's got his own big baller brand. And then J.J. Watt took a shot at him on social media saying, my shoes are $95 and I actually wear them like shit like that. Yeah. What is he afraid that he don't want to scuff up his fucking $500 kicks on the fucking basketball court? No, what? Get these. What? No, these shoes cost $500. I can't I can't get these dirty. Yeah, I. Mm. What does Michael Rappaport say? The skinny genification of the NBA? <laughs> well, I mean, this is, this is, to me, if you are trying to start your own brand, marketing 101 means you wear your own brand. We, Chris, we, you and I watched the Defiant Ones. What did they do with them fucking shitty, overpriced, too much bass headsets? Fucking Those beat headsets. Jimmy Ivey was putting them in everything. Hey, Exactly. If you're if you if you come into his office, you weren't leaving until he got a picture of you wearing those fucking things. Wasn't Eminem I mean, saying like they'd shoot videos and then all right, one last thing, then they'd have to shoot a scene with somebody in Beats. Yeah, that's how you get that's how you get your shit out there. You don't go out there fucking wearing Nikes when you're trying to push your own fucking brand. I mean, and I, I think Lazo went to bed without supper that night. 
<laughs> His dad made him run stairs. <laughs> well, it was the last four games of the summer league. He didn't wear them. Nice confidence in your product. What does that say? I, I the just... Jordans make me jump higher. <laughs> yeah, when it counts, I'm going with the brand that knows what the fuck they're talking about when it comes to shoes. Now, in all of this fucking talk about, you know, his daddy and his fucking shoes and et cetera, et cetera, the one thing that seems to be getting lost here, is he even fucking worth all this hype? He's the MVP of the Summer League. It's uh, a pretty good player, oh? as it turns out. What does the MVP of the Summer League mean? It's like being the smartest kid, with, smartest kid with Down syndrome, man. What the fuck does that have to do with it? I mean, he's not playing fucking the cream of the crop. That's like being the championships of the Big Three League. No, and he's just a pretty good player, and people in L.A. knew he was going to be a good player. That's why they drafted him second. But let's see yeah, I mean, it's no shock. But let's see you drive the lane when Draymond Green's guarding your ass, or he's going to be there waiting for you down low. You know, let's see. I think that's the big story of the NBA right now. It's not really the summer league or ball or anything. It's you know, even Cleveland. They don't talk about LeBron James in Cleveland anymore. Now it's who can beat Golden State. It's like everybody's pretty somber because, well, we got Harden and Paul on a team. Butler moved to a team. PG-13's moving, yada, yada, yada. And then everybody's, like, walking around kicking rocks going, fuck, but we still don't have a contender to beat Golden State. It's like it's just it's a, it's a somber time in the NBA right now. <laughs> well, you know, like I said, LeBron will be in L.A. next season. You know, he'll finish his final year in Cleveland, then he can go play with Lonzo. That's a big story right now. LeBron James throwing a hissy fit at Cleveland for not making any moves. He fired the GM. Now what? He's basically going, get rid of Love and get me somebody. Give me Melo, damn it. Problem is, Melo wants to go to Houston. At this point, Melo's going to have to have someone else win a championship for him, and he'll be there to just get the ring. I mean, the last place uh, he was effective was Denver. That was a long time ago. Jesus, that was what, 2009? Have the Knicks ever been a contender with him on them? No. Maybe in Spike Lee's mind. I I mean, so, yeah, maybe Melo's only as good as the people around him. You know, me and a coworker were talking about this. How different would the landscape of the NBA look if the Pistons had taken Melo instead of Darko or Dwayne Wade? Oh dear God! I, I made the both I made were the case, available. I made the case that if they took Dwayne Wade, that if Dwayne Wade would have stayed with the Pistons at some point, you would have seen LeBron James in a Pistons uniform. Oh snap! Yeah, because he went to South Beach to be with D Wade. Exactly. That would have been pretty and, huge. And with Dwayne Wade, Tayshawn, and Rip become expendable. I mean, you don't want to get rid of them. But if you have to move them to make room for LeBron James. Bye. You, you make that move. So, I mean, it's, it's just, <laughs> I, f- I feel like the, the, the landscape of the NBA has, they, they should be sending every fucking offseason, every draft, they should be sending flowers and thank you cards and bro baskets or whatever the fuck to Joe Dumars. <laughs> you know, like, thank you 
for for not fucking making for making a historically bad draft pick. <laughs> hey, you drafting that white boy got my number retired here in Detroit. Thanks for that. Yeah, but we still won the championship without him. What does that say? One. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just saying. And and a Robert Horry three pointer away from two. Oh. But yeah, I I don't know. I I I guess I'm not buying into the ball hype. It just seems like if his dad wasn't running his mouth, he would have slipped under the fucking radar. That is the only reason he's on anyone's fucking radar is because of his dad. And that is the last thing as an athlete you want to be known as. Oh, yeah, that's so-and-so's son. You want to be known as an athlete as, oh, that's the guy who could fucking cross over anybody. That's the guy who could fucking... You know, take it to a hole on anybody, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You don't want to be known as, oh, yeah, you're, you're, you know, you're Bell's son. You want your name to be made on the court, not off the court. Exactly. And that is not what Daddy Ball is doing. I, I just wish we could fast forward the NBA season to the day before the playoffs start because if they don't make the playoffs, Daddy Ball is not going to have a moment's rest on Twitter for that entire offseason. What's he going to do? Bitch about the refs? Like, it was rigged all year. Is it going to become Trump-esque on Twitter? The failing NBA? I don't know. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see. Well, I heard, didn't they get a reality show? Or did he say he wanted one? Because I swear I saw something that they are going to get one. I know he said he wanted one. I wouldn't be shocked if someone offered him. I mean, dude, think about all the bullshit, ca- uh, bullshit cameras. Bullshit <clears throat> cable stations out there. You know, I mean, like... HLN could have the, you know, living with the balls or whatever, you know, whatever the fuck, and throw it on TV. Baller life, son. I don't know. Ball so hard. <laughs> I do this all day. HBO already has a series called Ballers. It's true. Life is, life is ball. Yeah. Ball is life. Kicking the balls. <laughs> we run with this all night. Oh. All right, so have we reached the time in the show where we move on to the NFL? Oh, man. Well, what did you guys think about the uh, sale of the, the Houston Rockets? Good, bad, other? Well, they're not, they're not sold yet, right? They're just up for sale. They're up for sale, but they, they're valued at over $2 billion. Yes, I told you, man. They, they're flipping a house, all right? They bought a property. They recently just upgraded everything, and now they're trying to sell while the value is high. That's what the owner's doing. I mean, there really is. Is there much to talk about? I'm not trying to minimize it, but really, I mean, that's. I honestly think that's what the guy's doing. He made a whole bunch of moves. You're a contender now. Let's get while the getting's good. Yeah. Let this. It doesn't show maybe. It doesn't show confidence in the moves he's made. He's going. Eh, let's unload this in case it turns into a turd. But from the outside looking in, it looks like, a, you know, there's a porterhouse steak with, you know, a side of potatoes and gravy. I'm just saying. That all ain't played a fucking second of basketball with that lineup yet. Chemistry is a very underrated thing, especially in, in a team game like basketball. And you don't have chemistry on the, on the court. Good luck. I mean, it kind of translates to hockey, too. If you got a if you got a group of guys out there who just doesn't have chemistry, and you can play fundamental. You can do all your fundamentals as perfectly as you want if there's no chemistry good luck i'm saying he he's put this team together but they 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 haven't played a lick of a lick of basketball together yet 
Yeah, and basketball, like hockey, is one of those sports where constant communication is, is pretty much needed to play well as a team. I mean, you know, football, you know, what is what is the, the cliche, only the fucking quarterback talks in the huddle type shit? You know, you get to the line, you got, you, got, you know, the center calling out shit, maybe the quarterback calling out shit, changing the play. I mean, there's, there's communication, but it's not back and forth. You know, so you, and in baseball, I mean, you could fucking, you could be a first baseman and never talk to a fucking left fielder. I mean, it, I, if there, if you need any proof that a team can succeed with two guys who don't like each other, at least recently, all you gotta do is look at Jeter and fucking uh, A-Rod. You know, I don't think that would have worked in a, in a basketball team. And, to, and then the, the argument for, uh, the argument for chemistry as well, it's Golden State. I mean, you could, you could say... Chemistry is the sixth man on the floor for that team. Yeah, I get the feeling they're just sitting back watching all these moves going. <laughs> That's cute. Oh, we'll see. I mean, they got you know, two out of the last three years are them, and they just added Durant. I mean, we we talked about the start of a dynasty. In, well, well, I mean, technically, three out of the last three years was them. They just fucked up. <laughs> Had some bad luck. If you say so, man. Be three and one in the finals and lose four to three. Yeah, I'm gonna say that's called they you, fucked up. Yeah, it's called they fucked up. That's not bad luck. That is they fucked up. But they got a, they got a couple of hurt players. They got a suspended player. That's pretty bad luck, brother. Bad bad luck is a bad bounce in game seven. <laughs> Dropping four in a row is just being shitty. Okay, I digress. What about G- Mano Ginobili? Are you guys surprised to see him resign with uh, Spurs? Again, he's in the category of... 40 years old. That guy's still 40. playing? He didn't sign as a coach? Reminiscent of Yamir Yager. I'm just saying. That's pretty long. Well, Duncan's gone. Is Parker still playing? The shell Is the shell of Tony Parker still playing? I don't know. He hurt his uh, leg this season. I don't know if he came back or not. So, I mean, they got to be the only two left from... That what what was it? Uh, two thousand was that two thousand five? Because yeah, the Pistons won in what two thousand four. Yeah. yeah, that's the two thousand five team that beat the Pistons. So yeah, yeah, but I mean they still got Kawhi Leonard. So I'm argues better than anybody else they've had in a while. But aren't they aren't they in danger of kind of doing what the Tigers are doing? Uh, maybe holding on to some guys a little bit longer than they should because of sentimental value. I think so, because once again, the Spurs hinged their hopes of winning the championship on Kawhi Leonard. As soon as he got hurt, they lost. They had like zero chance of winning. So I think you need to get another piece or two to help him out just in case he goes down or, you know, fuck, needs a little help. You know, why doesn't he pull a LeBron and go on, you know, national TV and go, give me some help? Because he ain't LeBron. Always got to get a dig in, don't you? Well, you make a great point. What well, he got his help. He just didn't get enough, and he ran and two, and they ran into a team of destiny. Remember, they had to play historically to get one win in that finals. They had to put up shit they never put up before. You know, one of the I was listening to an uh, an old podcast with Patrice O'Neill on it, talking about uh, basketball and LeBron. Now this is, you gotta remember he died and Patrice O'Neill died in 2011. So I mean, we're talking six years ago at this point. And he was talking about LeBron or the subject of LeBron come up, I should say. 
And he brought up a point that I think is a very good point. And he goes, LeBron is not a killer on the basketball court. He's not mean. Jordan was an asshole. He was mean. He didn't want to just beat you. He wanted to embarrass you. Same with Magic. Same with Isaiah. Same with Bird. Those guys had that killer instinct. They wanted to stick the dagger in your heart and twist it. And LeBron just doesn't have that. And I think, like, since I heard him say that, that's, like, probably one of the best ways to describe how he plays. Because he, he, we've talked about it. He doesn't seem to really want the ball at the end of the fucking at the end of the game. He's more than happy to let someone else take that shot. You know, he definitely ain't going up there fucking making free throws with his eyes closed and then staring down the competition, you know, a la Jordan. And I don't see, I mean, it was talked about in the Bad Boys 30 for 30, you know, Isaiah and Magic, yeah, they go up and fucking, you know, shake hands, give each other a kiss on the cheek, whatever the fuck. And then the game would start and they'd try to kill each other for the fucking, you know, the entire game like that friendship shit that stopped between the lines on the court so i mean, i don't know is it is that is that is that i mean is that kind of how you feel about a merle i i think the older he's gotten the more seasons he's got and the fact that he has a couple of rings he's lost his edge honestly i Did think really early on in his edge what's that did he really have all that much of an edge to begin with I, oh i do i think he did I really do. Uh, I think in the beginning, he, he he wanted to prove that he wasn't, you know, just a run-of-the-mill player or, or just all hype. I think he had something to prove. Coming out of high school into the NBA, getting a $90 million contract from Nike, he had a lot to prove, and I think he was out to prove it. But the, the more that time wore on him, and, you know, he's got his victories, he's got his rings, now one with Cleveland... It's like, what else does he have to prove? And and I think it just took away that that edge. Michael Jordan, it didn't matter if you presented him a ring every morning when he woke up. Michael Jordan was all about wanting to win a basketball game, be it the first game of the season or the last game of the playoffs or the finals, you know, the last game of the finals. Michael Jordan wanted to win a basketball game. It could be a three-on-three pickup game. He wanted to win that fucking game. I don't think LeBron James ever had that. I think he had something to prove. He proved it and then was like, all right, now what? Let me get paid and sit back and enjoy my reign. Well, I mean, I brought this up on Unregimented and an unrelated subject, but, I mean, we're kind of veering into that territory. I'm not so sure with guys like Jordan, Magic, Bird, Kobe, basically any, I mean, superstar, rare air athlete. I'm not so sure it's, I mean, of course they want to win, but they don't want to lose more than they fucking want to win. They don't want to have to sit there and take the shit talking. They want to do the shit talking. I mean, I've heard interviews with athletes who are are considered those rare air guys who are like, the thought of winning a championship doesn't keep me up at night. The thought of watching the other team celebrate winning a championship keeps me up at night. And I don't know if that's... I mean, <laughs> we're going to slide into those old comfortable pair of jeans again. It's a, Maybe it's a generational thing. I mean, I don't know. You know, maybe the younger guys with, 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 with social media and them being friends off the court and... 
feeling comfortable enough to pick up the phone in the offseason and call a fucking guy independent from your team to try to recruit him to come to your fucking team. I mean, that shit, I, if it happened back in the day, we didn't hear about it. And it damn sure didn't happen with the frequency it's happening today. And maybe that type of culture doesn't breed that killer instinct. Well, and cell phones weren't plentiful back then. You actually had to be at a house. Fair enough, but I'm pretty fucking sure if you wanted to get hold... If you're Michael Jordan and you want to get hold of Charles Barkley, you're going to get hold of Charles Barkley before too <laughs> yeah. long. You ain't going to have to fucking sit on hold and wait for somebody to fucking find him for you. You're just going to go, someone get hold of Charles Barkley for me. Let me know when you do. Somebody's people are going to call somebody else's people. But, I mean, I do I do understand what you're saying. And that's, you know, that's the other thing. You know, that was another thing I've... I've I, it, it, it wasn't necessarily a sports podcast I was listening to, but they were talking about this, is that one of the... I cannot, God, I wish I could remember who the guy was, because it was, it was, to me, it was such a good point that I think gets lost, because social media has become just so much a part of so many people's everyday life. It's like brushing your teeth. You get up in the morning, you, you know, your alarm clock's your, on your phone, you shut off your alarm, you go to the bathroom... You sit down for your fucking morning glory and you're scrolling through fucking Twitter or Facebook or whatever the fuck, Instagram, whatever the fuck. I mean, it's, it's, it's become part of our lives. And with things like Twitter, where these you know, athletes can basically talk to each other just by tweeting at each other, kind of breeds familiarity. You know, So maybe there is more of a sense of it's not us versus them because... They're a little bit more familiar with guys on other teams than than in previous fucking you know generations. Because I mean, think about it, if you if you weren't on a team with a guy, you didn't know anybody on that team. You just played him. You just knew him by reputation and what they can do on the field or on the court. And that was it. Unless you knew him personally, you didn't know shit about him. Now you can just follow someone on fucking Twitter and find out pretty much everything about them if they're the type of person that's going to post every fucking single thought that pops in their head. And well, a lot of these athletes are those type of guys. <laughs> So, yeah, and then you could get on the court and start teasing them about the movie they saw, the music they listened to, the girlfriend they had. Oh shit! What was that? Uh, with with, with Swaggy P and uh, and the Lakers there when Homeboy periscoped out fucking the guy admitting he cheated on his girlfriend. Chris, you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, you know that shit got used as shit talking on the court. Oh, absolutely. You know that. And now that they're on two different teams, oh. That's going to be even more fun. Well, yeah, I just thought it was a, an interesting take and it kind of a, a little bit maybe insight into the mind of modern-day athletes versus, you know, athletes even 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I mean, we don't even really have to go that far back. I mean, eventually it's going to be when we say, we remember athletes before Twitter, people are going to look at us like, you know, like I'd look at my great-grandmother. She said, I remember when you had to crank start a car. Before yeah. Twitter? I'm like, what? How'd you talk to people? <laughs> What'd you do in doctor's offices without smartphones? Mm-hmm. Read five-year-old fucking highlights magazines. But, all right, so are, are we on to the, the NFL? Oh, f- finally. At least for, for this week. Uh, training camp's starting this week. Matt Stafford about to be paid like he's won something. I don't get that. I blame Derek Carr. I, this week I've been watching opinion pieces fly back and forth on the sports websites. And I, I cannot believe how many people 
outside of Detroit feel that Matt Stafford is worth $30 million a year? He's not. He's not. The, well, the problem you face isn't really car or anything. It's, it's Detroit Lions football itself. I mean, think back as long as you want. Tell me another Lions quarterback that's even close to Matt Stafford. In our lifetime? See my point? You have to go that far. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally agreeing with you. The problem is he hasn't won you shit. I mean, it's yeah, but but that's that that's a problem. But it's not his problem. He's a quarterback. What are you talking about? Because well, he does his job, I believe. I wish. And I think okay. he, I think sorry, he proved that last season oh, by yeah. all the close fourth quarter wins that Matt Stafford pulled out with like all types of shit out of his ass. He didn't win the playoffs. We've talked about that. That's where the Lions are at. You want to impress me at this point? You have to win a playoff game. You proved okay, me, so, you, proved so to me you can the, have a good record, all this happy horse shit, win in the playoffs. and then Okay, so get the pieces that helps out the piece that you have. We had the That's best the defense in the league a few years ago. Right. And we didn't have the best offense. We have the best running back in history, we had one of the arguably. Best for, we had one of the best. For, you're, first of all, you're talking about 20 years ago. Matt Stafford had the best defense in the league and one of the best receivers in the game like two, three, or three, four years ago. And still couldn't win in the playoffs. We got embarrassed had, by the Saints. And had a terrible coach. What do you want? <laughs> you got to get all the right pieces and all just, the right places. You're just full of excuses, huh? <laughs> I'm not. I'm telling you. What, it, next, we played, we, what next? We played too many outdoor games that year? Or we're an indoor team? We didn't, win, we didn't wear the big baller brand. Chris, listen. How do you win a championship? You get all the right pieces in all the right places and all the right times. That's true with any team you want to pick. Cleveland, Cavaliers, the, the Golden State Warriors, Patriots, uh, fucking Denver. Anything, any team that won a championship, look at the, the places and the people and it was all right at the same time. And when you keep it all right at the same time, i.e. Chicago Bulls, you have a decade of fucking championships. Well, you know we're talking okay. about the Detroit Lions, right? Hold, hold on, hold on. Let's back it up. Let's try to reel this in. Let's let's try to let's try, try to tackle one subject at a time before we fucking start skipping through the fucking woods. Is he worth thirty million dollars a year? No. Here's the problem. The market. He's better than he's better than players who are signed for more money than he makes right now. All right, but he's not. He's not fucking. In my opinion, thirty million dollars a year. But if they don't pay him that, he'll threaten to walk. Here's where the Lions got to fucking make a decision. Who the fuck's going to sign him for $30 million a year? What team? Or is he going to fucking go, I'll go to another team with a chance to win a championship, and I'll take less money to do it. If you're the Lions, that's that's the first two things you have to consider. Is he worth $30 million? And if we don't pay him $30 million, will he honestly walk and say, $30 million is, that's it. That's as low as I'm going. If you don't even fucking start, if you start at twenty nine million, the 
Negotiations over. I'm leaving. Bye. What do they do at that point? They have to look around the league and go, who's going to sign them for $30 million? What teams could even fucking do that? Exactly. Big round of nothing. And I, t- do, I, tell them, they, I tell them good luck, personally. Now, who do you get to replace them? No. That's, well, they, that's the other thing. Well, that's the thing. I'll tell him good luck, and then he can come back, and we can sign him for, like, you know, fucking $10 million a year. Yeah, you could have got 30 Realize no one else thought you were worth it. I'll take what you're really worth. But that's the other problem that Rich brought up. Okay, so he's not worth 30. Other teams realize he's not worth 30, but they realize he's a hell of a quarterback. And they sign him and go and get a chance to win a championship. Well, is, this, is this a Matt Stafford in an alternate universe? I mean, how much? How many more tools did he need? I mean, a, a, a running back, sure. But, I mean, again, he had the best defense and the best receiver in the game. And he needed a coach that knew how to use them, and he didn't. Used them enough to get to the playoffs. They got and embarrassed. Then using if you remember them. that, they got embarrassed. Yes. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And then stopped using them. That was a coach malfunction if I ever seen one, my friend. Unfortunately, this isn't like any given Sunday. He can't change the plays as he sees fit. He has to do what his coach tells him to do. Well, to me, this is why I think this situation that we're discussing right now with Matt Stafford is why you had a lot of Lions fans going, they better take a fucking quarterback in the second or third round. Because I I think those were the Lions fans that were like, when all said and done and other quarterbacks get signed, Stafford's going to take a look around. Stafford, excuse me, Stafford's agent's going to take a look around and go, well, that slob's making that much money? Well, fuck it, you need to make more money than him. I mean, and it seems to me the ball is completely in the Lions' court. I mean, either make him the highest-paid quarterback ever up to this point or let him walk. Bye. I'm not married, but they, I'm not married to him that much. But then here's the, the harsh reality of the situation. He or the Lions have no backup plan for him. They're going to have to go and tank and get a high draft pick and go through getting a quarterback and grooming him and start that process all over. You pick up Mike Glennon when Chicago gets rid of him. <laughs> yeah, you, you have Shaggy. I would have loved to see him get Patrick Mahomes. I don't well, know. I, We're I, just getting to the point. Like, when did we draft him? Oh nine. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It's, we're going. We're getting near a decade. What are we, it's people don't all of a sudden just start having career years a decade in. I mean, if you. You know, this ain't baseball, and he ain't Barry Bonds. Let's let's <laughs> let's compare him to. I mean, compare him to, to to Manning. All right, up until he won that 2006 Super Bowl, the knock on Manning was he was he was the best quarterback who couldn't win the big game. For Manning, that was seven years in. All right, that was what last season for Stafford. So on the Peyton Manning scale, you should have won one last year. I mean, he's not getting any younger. He's and I. <clears throat> for for any criticism you can level at him, I don't think anyone who is being honest with themselves can level a, an accusation of he's not a tough fucking quarterback at him. I mean, he basically fucking had a dislocated shoulder and came back and won against fucking Cleveland that one game. And yeah, it was Cleveland. And yeah, that game didn't mean anything. But I wonder how many people who work a fucking, you know, office job would fucking finish their day with a dislocated shoulder let alone 
fuck no. Continue I mean, to take physical contact. You know. I mean, I got PTO. See y'all in a couple weeks. That's what I'm saying. I mean, so I don't think his durability. I mean, he's not made of glass. Let's put it that way. So that's not a concern. If I'm the Lions, my concern is we've seen the best that we're going to see out of Stafford. Yep. And if that's this is the best that we're going to see out of Stafford, then you have to be realistic and you have to get a better team around him. And at thirty million dollars a year, you're really fucking. You're really limiting. You're stock that practice squad. Yeah, you're really limiting what you can fucking build around him with. And I mean, <clears throat> let's be dicks here for a second, I guess. You know, how many times have we heard fucking stories about in the offseason during Brady's career? Or we've heard stories about him restructuring his contract so the Patriots can go out and get fucking better players so they can still be contenders. I mean, if Stafford walks into the negotiate up to the negotiating table, sits down and says thirty million or I walk, that tells me that he does not that winning is not as important as getting paid. And he and you could argue on his behalf, he's already done the "I'll restructure my contract" dance. Didn't he do it uh, when uh, uh, they were negotiating a new contract for John, or for Calvin Johnson? Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. I'll take less money to keep that guy here. Well, and that's another thing. If I'm Matthew Stafford, I'm now looking at the fact that <clears throat> the arguably the best player I ever played with in my pro football career pretty much came out and said the Lions are going to hold him hostage no matter what. So even if he did come back, they would fucking never trade his contract. Hey, they invited him to training camp, though. <sighs> Which, I mean, how much of that is for fucking show for future players or, or for future free, you know, attempts to sign free agents? Because athletes talk. And if Calvin Johnson... If Detroit left a bad taste in his mouth because of the fucking up, you know, the, the people in the front office, everybody that he talks to that brings that subject up to him, I'm pretty much guaranteed they're going to know how he feels. And what, what do they expect he's going to say? Hey, guys, ignore all that shit I just said a couple weeks ago. Come here. It's cool. No, I, was just, I was just playing. You should totally come play here. Well, I, I mean, we say this about people who are extreme partisans in politics. I, they live in a bubble, man. I mean, it, football, f- people that work in football live in even, you can argue they live in e- an even bigger bubble. I mean, look at guys like, you know, all the, all the, the, the urban t- uh, tales or myths about guys like, you know, Gruden showing up at 3 o'clock in the morning. You know, Sapp used to say, I, I would be at the fucking, at the training facility at 5 o'clock, and he's already been there for two hours, and he's just sitting there in the dark watching film and fucking making up new plays and et cetera, et cetera. Gruden's like, oh, hey, thanks for showing up today, Warren. 5 a.m., huh? Yeah, what's up, part-time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if, that's, if, those, if those types of stories are true, and with certain guys, I totally believe it. I totally believe James Harrison's life is probably revolves around football, his family, and... Uh, and telling Goodell to fuck off. Uh, yeah, he's kind of made that a full-time hobby at this point. I mean, I totally believe that. I believe a guy like fucking Gruden was... Uh, driven like that you know i mean even guys even guys who don't go around patting themselves on the back fork you know look at guys like tony dungy well what the fuck was taken away from time with his son it's not like he was it's not like he was at the strip clubs in tampa no football it was his entire fucking life i mean so you can make you can make a pretty good case that those guys live in a very fucking isolated bubble probably have horrible marriages or are on their you know 
fourth. I I compare it to being married to a truck driver. You know, once you get used to the relationship dynamic of he's on the road for three, four weeks at a time, comes home for four or five days, and then he goes back on the road, that's how you settle into the relationship. If he loses that over-the-road job and he's home seven days a week, all of a sudden the relationship dynamics changed and you don't... Some relationships can't handle that. Yeah, no, right? Hey, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. You know, seeing too much of each other type of shit. So, uh, I think the Lions are in a bad position. Uh, it's it's just bad timing as far as what other quarterbacks have signed for. And it's their turn to fucking pay the piper or to roll the dice on another rebuild. And uh, once again, if they come out and say, we're not going to resign Stafford and this is not a rebuild... That's a bunch of bullshit, and I think it, it, any fan who's a true fan needs to call them on that shit. True fans. That's a, well, lo- I, that's a loaded uh, statement uh, with Detroit Lions fans. You know, I'm at work the other day, and we're talking football, and, you know, Jesus and Khakis comes up, and I'm like, look, I'm a U of M fan, and this is year three. It's shit or get off the pot time. I mean, bottom line, you beat, you beat State, you beat Ohio State, you win the Big Ten, and you're in the talk for the national championship. Anything less than that, this year is a failure. And I don't care how many fucking sleepovers he has with recruits and how many trees he climbs. How many times he takes his shirt his off shirt and off. runs around. Yeah, he can Matthew McConaughey it up all he fucking wants. It don't mean shit to me. I want to see him start putting boots on motherfucking other teams' necks and stomping the fucking shit out of them and taking names all the way to a national fucking title. Because... That's what he sold himself as. He didn't come in here saying, well, you know, we hope to get good and we hope to compete for the Big Ten every year. He come in here fucking talking about national title hopes. Shit or get off the pot time. Three years, you got your recruits. And the whole reason I brought this up is because when I said this to my coworker, he goes, God damn, dude. Like, you're a realistic fan. I'm like, oh, no, I don't have any. Just because I root for a team doesn't mean that they do no fucking evil. You know, they don't fuck up. I'm not one of those people. The magic number in college is three. You got three seasons. And then it's next guy. Uh, Pretty much. And, I mean, if, if, let's say he doesn't beat Ohio State, but let's say some fucking how, I don't know how this would work, somehow he doesn't beat Ohio State, but they're in the talk for the, they're in the hunt for the national championship. Maybe that's forgivable. But, I mean, that's going to be real hard. That's actually impossible with the new playoff standings that they have. That's what I'm saying because that's the last game of your season. That's the last time you have a chance to be ranked. If you go out on your if you go out on your season with a loss, you're obviously going to fall in the fucking rankings. So unless they're ranked number one going into that game, Ohio State's ranked number two, or vice versa, and they lose to Ohio State and they get dropped down to maybe four or something. I don't see how it's going to happen. So, but this is what I'm getting at. I, you know, yeah, I'm gonna toot my own horn a little bit. I'm the type of fan. I look. I expect results. You were hired to do a fucking job, and just like you don't accept excuses from your players, I don't think the fans should accept excuses from their fucking head coaches. You know, oh well, you know the better team lost today. They just got lucky. No, no, mm, mm, don't want to hear that shit. Go out there and fucking do what you got to do. And. It, if I, if I was a Lions fan, and the Lions go, here's $30 million, Stafford. I don't want to hear shit from him, but we go out every fucking week. 16-0. and 0. Yep. That is our goal. Wet dream come to, come to fruition. 
Hey, we went 0 16. It could happen. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> oh. Well, well, that being said, do we do we want to? Well, I want to cover this Ezekiel Elliott story real quick. All right. So there's an article from Monday and or yeah, yesterday. Duh. Uh, well, it'll be Monday when this gets posted. Uh, it's uh, apparently a Cowboys blog made a controversial post concerning Ezekiel Elliott and his whole domestic violence investigation. Um, Sunday morning, the Cowboys blog, Blogging the Boys, published a post about the NFL's ongoing investigation into Elliott's domestic violence allegations. In said post, the author argued that suspending Elliott, even though charges against him have been dropped, will open the floodgates for NFL players to be blackmailed. Less than 24 hours after the post was published, it was deleted. And they have an excerpt from the post, and I'm quoting now, it says, Suspending Elliott based solely on an unprovable accusation sets a dangerous precedent that would set up every single NFL player as a blackmail target. Even if the league suspends Elliott without pay for just one game, it effectively sets the market price for an unprovable accusation, at least one NFL game check. Look at sites like SportTrack.com and OverTheCap.com will quickly give potential blackmailers a precise amount of money because NFL players are paid in 17 game checks over the course of a season. A player would be set to lose to an unprovable accusation. Now, the article goes on to say, of course, it's perfectly reasonable to question whether the NFL should suspend players in situations like this. However, saying that such a policy would increase the likelihood of players being blackmailed is completely unfounded. The situation Elliott is in, and has been for over a year, is incredibly rare. That's probably why instead of citing instances where players have been blackmailed by false accusations of sexual or domestic violence, the author only cites cases where, hypothetically, players could have been blackmailed. Now, <clears throat> what I think is interesting about this is, I agree with, it's. it would be a clusterfuck for the NFL to go, we're going to suspend you for a game, for accusations that couldn't even, they couldn't even fucking stand up to where the charges went to fucking court. Because at that point, the NFL is saying they know better than the fucking law, enfor- law enforcement. And we, there's, they already have a commissioner who's already drunk on his own fucking power. The last thing they need is for this asshole to start doing shit like this because I, I, I agree with them. I, I understand they're trying to play the, you know, the SJW and say, and turn it into, turn the subject from, this could set players up to be fucking blackmailed. They're trying to switch it to, well, we don't know of any cases of that happening, so now we're going to make this about real domestic violence, sexual assault, whatever the fuck. Okay, well, stop trying to introduce a subject that we weren't even fucking talking about. I mean, it's, I, I was telling Chris this before the show, you know, Chris Rock did an interview with, with, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Howard Stern about a year or two ago. And in this interview, he let it be known that when he was married, he had slept with this fucking, this I, groupie. I don't know what else you're fan, I guess we'll call it that. Or what he thought was a fan. Well, the situation was, it was this white chick and her black boyfriend. And this white chick would go around and sleep with black male celebrities. And her and then her boyfriend would impregnate her. And then she'd fucking pop back up a month or two down the road and say, I'm pregnant. The kid is yours. You either pay me X amount of fucking money and I have an abortion or I'm going to pop this kid out. And in some cases, they'd actually pop the kid out. And so here comes a kid that looks like he's biracial. What would you think if you were in that fucking athlete or that celebrity's shoes? 
oh shit, I got a fucking kid. Well, needless to say, Chris Rock, he, he called him on it. He went to the police and he got this fucking, these people busted and all this good shit. But the point is, is that in talking about this, this isn't something that, that is a rare occurrence with sports figures, with celebrities, etc., etc. And it's not just limited to race. It just so happens that was the hustle that Chris Rock got ran on him. All right. I mean, we live in a society where if someone makes an accusation and they file a civil suit, your lawyers are going to sit you down and go, it's going to be cheaper just to settle with a non-disclosure contract yeah. than it is to go to court and fight this. But I think that's I, I, where I kind of, I, I'm kind of on board with the article is just if, if especially if Goodell's going to start playing judge, jury, and executioner, even after the actual law has said we haven't found anything, then for sure you're gonna get you're gonna find opportunists who are gonna be the, all I gotta do is say something. It doesn't matter if it's provable or not. If your boss is gonna, uh, you know, if your boss gets wind of this and you could lose, you know, two or three games worth of uh, pay just because I said something. I mean, I I I actually see where this article's coming from. You know, and as usual, here's the. It's kind of like the social media attitude of like, you don't want your boss to find out, do you? Exactly. That's what I was. Yeah, that's I, another thing I was just talking about with Chris. I've I've recently, for the first time in over a decade, I have my very own internet stalker. I haven't had one since back in the like forum days. When you go to a forum and post on it and, you know, someone get pissed off and follow you around, comment on everything, try to find all your information, blah, 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 and all that shit. And, I mean, I've actually had people go, you know, commenting on different stories, say, well, how would you like it if I took a screenshot of what you said and sent it to all your friends? And my response is, knock yourself out, dipshit. In fact, I'll fucking cut and paste the entire conversation and post it to my own fucking wall. I'm not saying nothing I, that, that I'm like I'm going to hide from. Just because you don't agree with what I'm saying doesn't mean that I don't believe in what I'm saying. And I'm I'm ashamed of what I'm saying. I mean, so if, if and I'm a nobody, I am an absolute fucking nobody. I'm not verified on Twitter and Facebook. I don't have a check mark next to my fucking name. So if people are fucking willing to blackmail complete strangers like that, or make the attempt to. What makes these fucking idiots who are fucking attacking this blog that brought up that, that this would set a precedent that could lead to this for them to dismiss it? I mean, do they not live in the same fucking world we live in? No. And I mean, on <laughs> top of that... They, they sound... They, they, no. Well, I mean, on top of that, if you are so worried about domestic violence and sexual assault, then the only thing that should piss you off... Only... only Okay, the only thing that should piss you off more than domestic violence and sexual assault is false accusations of it. Because that fucking casts everybody who's a legitimate fucking victim of that shit in a bad light. And this is my, this is my beef. Anytime it comes to an athlete, a celebrity, just so happens to be an athlete this time, this is why we're talking about it. But it's always, you are presumed guilty until you've proven innocent. And like I said, any lawyer worth his fucking retainer is going to go, it's going to be cheaper just to settle with a non-disclosure agreement. You don't want to go to court and spend millions of dollars. Cut her a fucking check for 500000 have her sign a non-disclosure agreement, move the fuck on with your life. You'll get out of this for, for less than a million dollars total. 
versus two, three million in court costs and lawyers' fees, plus the settlement. I mean, it's just it, it, it's just irritating because one, if the NFL, like I said, is deciding that okay, well, fuck it, we're gonna fucking suspend them. Then what next? Because you've set the bar for proof so low that basically anyone can hop over it. All it just takes is, oh, I, uh, you know, I was sexually assaulted by him. And there, and there are people who bring up legitimate arguments that the that the the bar for quote unquote sexual assault has been lowered to the point where saying hi to a person who doesn't find you attractive and doesn't want to be for you to flirt with them is sexual assault. If you think I'm bullshitting, go piss yourself off and, and Google fucking sexual assault and read up on the, 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 the crazy fucking people. I mean, and they're very much a minority, thank whatever God you believe in. But there are people who say that, you know, oh my God, I can be raped without ever being touched. Huh? Sorry, it don't work that way. So you got crazies running around saying shit like that. And all it's going to take is for fucking people to realize, oh, hey. This is a way to get some fucking cash right here. Hey, yeah, we're going to go to the NFL and tell them that you fucking assaulted me or tell them that, that, that you beat the shit out of me unless you pay me money. And I see right here, because I can go and, ca and and track how much you make per game check, that you're going to make $1.5 just to throw out a number. This number does not mean anything. Oh, I'm going to say Matt Stafford <clears throat> shoved me at a bar in Royal Oak. That's what I'm saying. All it's going to have to do is you go in and say you're going to make $1.5 in this game check. How about this? You pay me fucking $500,000 and I walk away. And you still get to keep a million. Or how about you just give me that game check? You can either get suspended and lose it yourself, or you just give it to me. Either way, you're losing a million five, son. I mean, I'm trying to go for. To, I, I'm, I'm trying. I guess what I'm doing is assuming that these people are intelligent enough to actually want to end up getting the check instead of ending up in court. Now you got to aim high. It's the negotiating tactic. But I guess if you're the type of person to blackmail someone over some shit that didn't happen, you're not going to exactly have scruples about leaving them any money for their game check. Yeah. Aim high. Ask for the million five. Maybe you get the million. But I mean, it, it, it's just, it's ridiculous. And it, once again, the NFL is just. I know fans of football. I don't know any fans of the NFL. I don't know anyone that says the NFL is a league, is a well run yeah. league. That's a, that is an apt statement, sir. I mean, every. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I I, th I thought for a minute you were talking about the recent trouble that he got in, Rich. Oh, supposedly hitting a DJ? D DJ should play yeah. the song, man. He told you he wanted to hear that jam. He's drunk. You wanted to hear his shit. I wanted to hear the Ignition remix, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you playing that radio mix? No, is this really still about the thing from almost a year and a half ago? Yes. Wow. This is still hanging over his head, even though the police have dismissed all charges. Well, now he's going to get suspended for hitting somebody in a club. Were the charges dropped? Because if they well, were, they're still talking. Well, they're still talking about suspending him. Why? You know, if the if the actual law isn't involved, what the fuck? What the fuckings? Isn't that your shit? That is my shit, bro. But. One way or another, this motherfucker's getting suspended. <laughs> well, Either okay. he's hitting a woman or he's hitting a DJ. He hits somebody, he's getting suspended. And see right there. He's what hitting he the holes, gashing see? him for 50 yards. See, right there, what you just said, Earl. That is, you just proved my point. He didn't cheat. He didn't get convicted of fucking domestic violence. 
But in the court of public opinion, he beats on women. I'm just saying, he didn't get convicted of hitting a woman, so they're trying to get him for hitting a DJ, and if that doesn't go, coming next, child abuse. (laughs) He's getting suspended, damn it. Well, I'm going to tell you something. He's he's painting, he's doing a very good job of painting a very large target on his back. Yeah. Between getting fucking pulled over driving 100 miles per hour, having this domestic violence beef, now having this beef with a fucking DJ, I mean, what he needs to do is he needs to have someone, how many times have we said this? He needs to have someone in his inner circle pull him aside and go, hey, stupid, we're going to party at home this season, okay? Yeah. And we're and and there's and not only when everybody comes in are they taking off their shoes they're dropping their phone in the basket too because we ain't getting no fucking uh uh-uh. ain't gonna be no bullshit of, you know pictures of you blowing rails off of fucking some naked bitch or hitting a fucking blunt or whatever the fuck yeah. we're not we're not letting you manzel the fuck out here yeah it's come to that it, it it's you gotta start collecting phones at the door probably. I bet you I mean, smart guys do. Let's let's be honest here. He went to Ohio State, and this is, yeah, a little of this is fucking the Ohio State hater in me, but it's also just being realistic. Ohio State is the closest thing to an SEC fucking crooked ass fucking football program the Big Ten has that we know of. I mean, you can throw Penn State under Paterno. But that, that's a completely different situation than players getting paid. And, you know, boosters fixing situations when players go out and fuck up and, you know, beat the shit out of four or five townies or some shit. I mean, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm nipping this shit in the butt. I remember the 90s. Jerry Jones, he can't be that scene out where he don't remember the fucking 90s. I mean, you already have your reputation of, you know. Michael Irvin's got to be called in to tell you to act right. Maybe you better get your shit together. <laughs> exactly. It's like the old joke that, you know, Steven Adler was the original drummer for Guns N' Roses and he got thrown out for doing too many drugs. When a guy named Slash tells you you have a drug problem, yeah, I know, you right? have a drug problem. All <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean,. He's and I mean and if I'm hold on a second I want to make sure because I heard something oh no it was uh, oh that was uh, Lucky Whitehead that got his dog fucking kidnapped what and some rapper you didn't hear about this no some rapper what kind of fake gangster ass shit is this <laughs> kidnapped Lucky Whitehead's dog player for the fucking Cowboys and I guess made a video saying like you better pay this ransom. Man, let's look. see that movie Keanu with Keanu yes. Peele. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's kind of like that without the drug dealing. Yeah, if you type Lucky Whitehead into Google, the third thing that pops up is dog. Oh come on, man. Okay, Cowboys Lucky Whitehead reunited with dog after rapper Bugatti Casino allegedly held it for ransom. And it's a little pit bull fucking, uh, looks like a little pit bull Dude, it is the first thing that comes up on Top Stories in Google from Bleacher Report. (laughs) Dude, Cowboys wide receiver Lucky Whitehead announces return of dog after it was held for ransom. Get the fuck out of here. What was the old National Geographic cover? 
buy this mag or uh, not National Geographic, National Lampoon cover, buy this magazine, or the dog gets it and they got a gun to a dog's head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my dad used to have that. It got thrown out. <laughs> that's a damn shame. I bet you somewhere there's a collector that's worth money to. But yeah, man, it's, it, see, this is what I'm saying. This is the Cowboys off season nonsense. Just absolute nonsense. And took you don't my, took my man Pitbull. You just don't need this bullshit with Ezekiel Elliott on top of dog napping and held for ransom and shit. <laughs> what was the name of this rapper? Bugatti Casino. Let me spell it for you. B O O G O. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Is it racist if I ask you to spell it? K A S I N O. Bugatti Casino. So B O O. G O T T I, and Casino with a K. Oh yeah. As soon as you type in Bugatti, so it comes up. But he's getting, kind of, but he's getting hella downloads. What kind of rapper chooses Bugatti as his rap name? Because that's damn close to Bukaki. Bukaki Casino. Bugatti. Bugatti <laughs> it, Bugatti's a car. I know, but still, man. I mean, you know, on Twitter, they're like, "What's up, Bukaki Casino?" Yeah, he's got his own little Google slide. He's got an album called Thirty Clip Shouty with a W. <laughs> So late, wait, could this be on Google Music? Can we hear Bugatti Casino? Oh God! Oh, he is in Google Music. All right, top songs, Thirty Clip Part Three. Wait, at George Clinton playing. Go away, George Clinton. All right. (laughs) What if this actually doesn't suck? Never mind. There goes that idea. <laughs> He's one of those na 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 And that beat sounds like someone's fucking drying shoes in a dryer. Get the fuck out of here <laughs> with that. Sorry. It sounded like an old uh, Fat Boys song. I, I, fat Boys what? Like I said, via fucking shoes in a dryer? Get the fuck out of here, man. How can you even nod to that fucking beat? Shit is fucking booty. But I will have to say, man. <laughs> the fucking, doesn't like what you're saying. <laughs> I gotta say, because I'm looking at the Washington Post article, and like I said, the headline, Cowboys Lucky Whitehead reunited with dog after rapper Bugatti Casino allegedly held it for ransom. And one guy commented, he goes, uh, Lucky Whitehead, Bugatti Casino. I doubt there will ever be another headline that features two of the most fantastic names ever. <laughs> 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 uh, shit. Oh, God. Uh, what the fuck is going on in Dallas, man? Is, are, they, are they trying to get their own reality show? I know, right? Like, is this them auditioning for next year's Hard Knocks? I, yeah, I was going to say, get Hard Knocks down there. I want to hear about this shit. How fucking great would it be if they if they were doing hard knocks this season? Just to, just I like Lucky Whitehead and his dog would have to have their own episode. Like seriously, is Lucky Whitehead shouldn't that be the name of the dog? No, the dog's name is Blitz. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh Christ! All right. 
God, that is horrible. I don't. I'm old. I yeah. just don't care. I just do not care about modern day hip hop. Yeah, it sucks ass. Hip hop and shit is like 2010. Jesus. Reminds me of that movie Pop Star. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, never stop, never stopping. Yeah. That that movie was great, man. I love that. If if you see it on Netflix, watch it. It's the Lonely Island guys. Yeah, the Style Boys or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and man. that's what's in my Jeep. <laughs> I didn't listen to it. I have uh, different things in my Jeep. So Booty Casino, some we'll call it. <laughs> All right. Well, to celebrate training camp starting up, should we go ahead and pick the Lions season? Yeah, let me load up. First time of the year, I get to I get to load up the picks music. Uh, oh, man, what do you mean? You just pick sixteen and zero, right? I have to. Come, on, get the fuck out of here! <laughs> no, you don't. You think you have to? That's the problem. There's no one with a gun to your head saying pick them kind to win all well, the time. You can't be realistic. Like football exists. Teams can be better than others at some <sighs> points. Fuck it. Let him go ahead and pick fucking 16 and 0. Like I said, he won't be the Iceman fucking come fourth week of the season. Okay, but you do realize I have other teams I have to pick in those weeks, right? Yeah, I got you. I also understand that fucking. You, dude, you hovered around fucking 500 most of the goddamn time, and that would have been even more knocked down. The first four weeks of last season, if you'd have been picking, and you'd have picked the fucking Lions. All right, Rich. I'll pick <laughs> it like I see it. Damn it. Go ahead and pick 16-0. No one gives a shit. Go ahead. Oh. No, you just want a fair shot. Hush. Oh. This music. Oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> Let me just say this. I never fucking claimed to be the fucking king dingling when it comes to picking fucking football game. That's your fucking bit. Yeah. He just named you, Ice Man. Because <laughs> I think it was like maybe like third or fourth week into doing the show, Rich was like, Jesus Christ. Just call you the Ice Man, Mr. I called it. It might even been the second week. I don't know. We can go back and look. We I, I, I remember we, him saying, I call everything. Yeah. So I said, just abbreviate it down the, or, or, you know, make it an, an acronym to. I C E. I call everything. Yeah. All right. Case of emergency, ask the ice man. <laughs> All right. Well, week one. Uh, I believe that is September tenth. September tenth. Remember when it used to actually start like around Labor Day? But all right, we we go later now. Uh, Arizona Cardinals. We are, uh, they're, they're here. We're opening up at Ford Field. So, yeah, Iceman, you fucking quote-unquote won last season. Got an asterisk there. So uh, we'll let you go first, though. Uh, I, I, okay, I won't go 16-0 with the Lions just because I'm going to be realistic this season. However, I am picking the Lions. There's no way the Cardinals have anything for them. What? Okay. Like, 
Alright, cool. You're allowed to pick what you want to pick. I mean, I ain't gonna fucking say all that. But I'll take the Lions in it. I'm not gonna say the Cardinals ain't got nothing for them. I'm going going with the Cardinals. We always forget the Cardinals got a D. Now, you, you... you got to remember, here's, here's the thing, is that we're picking them now before preseason games and training camps later. The trades. And injuries. The, the, the landscape could look very different by the time game one actually rolls around. Rich, I'm, usually I thought it was on the Iceman yes. for the preemptive excuses. No, I'm talking about that. this isn't for me. This is for all of us because we're all going to have egg on our face at some point during picking these fucking games this far out. Oh, for sure. But I think even you and I picked, we picked like the week before the season last year. And I think by like week six, we were toast. So maybe we'll have better luck picking farther out this year. Hopefully. Uh, all right. Next up, uh, heading to Jersey, taking on the Giants. Oh, dear heaven. I, I know. Hang on. <laughs> you argue with yourself? Yes, I am, because Larry Fitzgerald retired, didn't he? Last season? Yeah. Right. I think. So that's what I'm saying. I don't think the Cardinals had anything, but however, the Giants have stacked up this season. They have made some hellified trades. But Eli Manning sucks. God. Yeah, but two Super Bowl rings. Sure I sucks. know. That was all types of luck. Don't tell me that helmet catch wasn't. Forget it. You know what? He's not going to get lucky. Give it to the Lions. Uh, Wikipedia says through present. So, for Larry Fitzgerald. So, maybe not. Okay, so if we're going, if I'm going to pick this game, I'm going to say, give me the Giants. I, I'm i sorry. You got to, they, to me, they haven't proved that they can win consistently on the road. And the Giants, if I remember correctly, were above 500 last year. And they have an abysmal record on the road with teams that are above 500. Uh... Yeah, you can give this one to the Giants. And an article from February, Fitzgerald is playing this year. I don't know if that means anything to you, Iceman, but there you go. All right, next up, Lions heading back home to have the Super Bowl chokers, the Atlanta Falcons coming in. Okay, this is this is hard, but I'm gonna I gotta say it. It's gotta be the Falcons. Yep, even the Falcons. Yep. I will also take the Falcons. Oh, please prove me wrong. I, I, man, the Falcons are gonna be fucking fired up this year. I'll tell you that one. Or they could pull a Cam Newton and the Panthers and not do shit. But I, I don't know. I think Matt Ryan's going to be. Maybe I've seen him in the Gatorade commercials too much in the last week. He's talking about defeat. But that team's going to be fired up this year. Oh, are you saying that Gatorade, it's in him? <laughs> yeah. Is it in you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, next up, the Lions, October 1st, heading to, I was going to say the Metrodome, but no, just heading to Minnesota. I don't know what the new stadium's called. The Vikings. Who will be quarterback this year? Is Teddy Bridgewater all healed up? I don't know, but it doesn't matter. Lions. Mm. See, this is one of those games. I'm sorry, go ahead. Their defense tanked and they lost AP, so they got absolutely nothing. And they better hope to God Bridgewater's field. Hey, I forgot. Where did AP sign? Baltimore? No, No, Saints. uh, Oh, Saints. Saints. Yeah. Yeah, he's in my fucking division. Of course, I'm not, to be honest with you, not all that scared. That motherfucker's career is over. Yeah. Uh, so, Earl, you picked the Lions. Rich, who are you picking? Uh, <clears throat> see, this is one of those. This is. I feel like this is a. a, a it's a, a, early in the season to call it a trap game, but I kind of feel it is because I feel like they should win this game. Yeah, give me, give me Minnesota. I just, I don't know. I, I once uh, again, I, I, I can't, I can't fucking, I can't give them the benefit of the doubt on the road. I just can't. And that's a division foe. And it's, it's just, it would be just completely lion esque for them to fucking shit the bed against a division foe that they should fucking win against. I'm going with the Lions. Minnesota sucks. Without Adrian Peterson, they suck even more. They're not the. They're not the. They are not the Vikings of the late 2000s. Let's say. Uh, next up, we are heading to uh, back to Detroit and the Carolina Panthers coming in. Uh, Lions. Cam Newton's coming off an injury. They got rid of their defense. I'm good. Uh, this to me, this game is less about the Lions and more about Cam Newton. Is he? Uh, is is he? Two is he the Cam Newton of two seasons ago, or is he the Cam Newton we saw last year? And I'm gonna go ahead and say because they're at home. I don't really have faith in Cam Newton. I'm going to go ahead and say Lions. All right. Uh, I'm going with the loss. I I think the, the Carolina team we saw last year is not indicative to the Carolina team we've seen like the last few years. I think maybe you had a little bit of Super Bowl hangover. Uh, yeah, I'm going. Yeah, but he had a surgery. Yeah. You think he's good? I'm going... Hey, Carolina has always kind of hung their their head on their their defense, it, and again, I mean, I've like zero confidence in our offense. So going with the Panthers. Next up, week for the bye week, heading to New Orleans, taking on Adrian Peterson, Drew Brees, New Orleans Saints, and that's where you stop because all they got is AP. 
They lost the receiver core. They don't have a defense. Yeah, Brandon Cooks is now going to go be catching passes from some guy named Tom. Yeah. I, I got... I mean, if anything, if they want to show that they're a contender, the Lions had better win that game. I, I, is it just me? But if all they have is AP, then they don't have shit. Am I the only one that feels that way? No, I said that. They got Drew you Brees. You receiver core, you never had a defense. No, what I'm just saying is if that's what they're fucking hanging their hat on is Peterson, then... And Drew Brees, I mean... Wow. His career is far as down as AP's. You are fake news. Oh, wait. That was not supposed to happen. <laughs> Anyways, um. That's from New Orleans. They, they wanted you to hear it. Yeah, I know. They, we believe in ourselves. That's nice. Uh, yeah. Give me, give me the Lions on this one. And this is where all the Kool Aid drinking is going to start for the fucking. The Lions fans. They're going to get pumped up from this win and they're going to be like, this is our year, baby. Man. Man. I should have brought a quarter down for moments like these. To flip. I, dude, I could really win either way. It's just, I'm like, Adrian Peterson. In 2017, I, I ain't scared. Orleans is at home. That's the only thing that gave me pause. Uh, I mean, at this point, if I don't pick the Lions, I got them going one in five into the bye week. Uh, I just, I can't pick them for some reason. Just Drew Brees playing the Lions. I just, I can't. I got to go with the Saints. So going into the bye week, Rich, you got um three and three. Earl, you got them four and two. So I'm the pessimist of the bunch. All right, coming out of the bye week, uh, playing a little team from Pennsylvania called the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right Mike answering now. Uh, where are we playing them? That is the question. Oh, they, they're, they're at Ford Field. Ooh, Sunday night game. Oh, it's by the way, the Giants game. Uh, Monday night game. Week, week two of Monday night football, everybody. Yeah, we're, the Lions never shit to bet on Monday night football. We got two now. Monday night games this year. Yeah, is is it more because we deserve it or because who we're playing? <laughs> who we're playing? <laughs> Iceman, yeah, I hear you languishing over there. Yeah, because I got to pick the Steelers and I don't want to, but I have to. Yep. Yep. It's gonna be a Steeler game. <laughs> same here, Steelers. This isn't even a fuck. I don't even have to think about it. Yeah, same here, Steelers. Uh, so next up, that next Monday night game at Lambeau Field, taking on the Packers. A guy named Aaron Rodgers is probably single and more focused this year. Yeah, you know, I, one thing I'll give him, you know, him and Olivia Munn fucking 
called it quits. He uh, he didn't waste any time going out and picking up a fucking top shelf piece. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Did he? He's, he basically he basically called Leonardo DiCaprio and said, "Hey, can I have your uh, black book?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, sure. Here you go." Yeah. So yeah, Is the, I, I'm going I'm going with the Tiger Woods theory. The more variety of pussy he gets, the better he's going to play. <laughs> so that doesn't yeah. hold, that doesn't that's not doesn't, helping. That's not yeah. That doesn't help the uh, the lions at all. So. So anyways, go ahead. Get your well, pick in, Earl. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Lions. i got to believe at some point he's got to stand up and be the man everybody wants him to be. Jerry Maguire moment. At Lambeau. On Monday <clears> night. <throat> yep. That's free country. <laughs> I do got to say that. That is a pretty asinine pick, though, but whatever. You go, Iceman. You do you. That's my Jerry Maguire moment, man. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, yeah. Like I said, I, I, another one I don't have to think about. Green Bay. Yep, Green Bay. I love him for the man that he is and that he almost wants to become. Come on. Or the man that he wants to become and the man he almost is. Jerry Maguire. Yeah, I know. You complete me. I got you. Human head weighs nine pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, next up, back to Ford Field. Cleveland Browns coming to town. Lions. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> and once again, this this doesn't speak to what the Lions are capable of. It speaks to how shitty their opponent is. So, yeah, give me the Lions on this yeah, one. Yeah, I wrote straight W's across before any of us even answered. Give me the Lions <laughs> on this one. Uh, next up. Uh, the toilet. Yeah. Heading to heading down I-94 to Chicago. Playing the Dub Bears. <laughs> Duck quarterbacks. <sighs> no shit, Will right? Will Mark Sanchez be playing by this game? <laughs> and wow, we don't play the Bears till fucking my, my, almost Thanksgiving? My money's on Manziel's to play, but whatever. No, Lions. 100% Lions. Yeah, normally I would I would go with the Bears, but I mean that's such a clusterfuck out there in Chicago. Uh, yeah, give me the Lions on this one. Same here. I do not believe in Mike Lennon. I do not believe in what the hell is going on there. As a, as a Tampa Bay Bucks fan, I can say it is very good that you don't believe in Mike Lennon. All right, this year Thanksgiving at home. Minnesota. Sorry about your loss again, Vikings. Uh, yeah, this one I'll give I'll give the Lions uh, a rare Turkey Day win. Minnesota sucks at their house, and they're gonna suck at our house. Give me the Lions. Okay, Sunday, December third, heading to Baltimore to face the Ravens. The good alter ego of the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> and not good enough. I still choose the Lions. You know, <clears throat> they call uh, Baltimore Bodymore Murderland. 
instead of Baltimore, Maryland. And that's what the fuck the Lions are going to deal with. I mean, fucking Ravens. Yeah, because whether or not their offense has it together, I mean, something that's perennial in Baltimore is defense. Give me the Ravens. All right, next up, the Lions heading to Tampa Bay. Oh, you flicked it on this one, Rich? No. <laughs> I don't know. Dude, Dude I have a hell of a field goal kicker. I don't give a single fuck about the Lions except for that we have to talk about them because they're your guys' hometown team. Like, by def- Earl's, a, Earl's a legit fan. A little too legit, in my opinion. And, Chris, unfortunately, you've never lived in another part of the country <laughs> to be a fan of any other team. So. By default. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, eh, you know, I have sympathy for you. But, anyways, get on with your pick, Earl. Come on. Let's hear it. Oh, no, it's definitely Alliance. Okay. <laughs> your, your column is... <laughs> You're definitely a glass half full guy, Earl. Oh no, no, he's chicken little about everything else except for the fucking lions. All of a sudden, we start talking about the lions. If and the lions tra- have this record at this point, the the blue and uh, the blue and silver Kool Aid will be flowing out of every faucet and every fucking house, every oh. domicile in the Metro Detroit area. Dude, it's not even the fucking Kool Aid at that point. It'll be fucking. <laughs> I mean, it, it'll be the butter coming out of everybody's ass, man. I mean, it, it's, it's just going to be ridiculous. Yeah, you right now, Earl, you have him at like 10 and 3. <laughs> but good for you, man. They're putting up numbers like mid-2000s fucking Colts and shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, anyways... um, and it's and believe me, if I thought that Tampa Bay would lose this game, I would pick the Lions. And if you listened to last year during the picks in the college football season, I told you guys that fucking U of M wasn't going to beat Ohio State. Uh, so it's not it's. I mean, I guess you can call me a homer if you want, but I'm picking Tampa on this. And I'm gonna say this: if Tampa doesn't beat them, then Tampa's fucking pathetic this this, this season. That's all there is to that. I think two names you're going to hear a lot this season are Famous Jameis and Mike Evans. Yep. Give me the bucks. All right. uh, Next up, uh, back in the D, the Bears coming to town. Really? Really? Yeah. yeah. I don't want to speak for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they do I, play I, them. I, I don't care who that team plays. I will never pick the toilet bowl. I will pick Cleveland over the toilet bowl. <clears throat> All right. Uh, yeah, give me the lines. Yeah, same here. Another another one where I just filled in W's right away. Okay, final road game of the year. Christmas Eve. This uh, I sent. 
I sense a lot of hemming and hawing coming up for all three of us. Christmas Eve at the Bengals. Cincinnati. This is actually a coin flip, unfortunately. If, I, if I'm straight shooting, not just picking home team, this is absolutely could go either way. These two are about a mirror image of each other on offense and defense. But the the and the only reason, not just I'm a homer, but the only reason I'm picking the Lions is because of Matt Stafford's fourth quarter comebacks last season. If he could keep that mentality and keep that bite to where he's not going to lose at the fourth quarter, then we should have it. Uh, It's a road game. Fairly evenly matched. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Cincinnati. Um, like I said, they're fairly evenly matched, and it's a road game, so that's the deciding factor on that one. See, now the homer part of me is like, I gotta throw him a W. I don't have very many W's for him, but uh, it's a road game. You had to say it's a road game twelve times, didn't you, Rich? Because <laughs> I was sitting there, I'm like, I'll toss them a W. They need one from me. Uh, I mean, and at this point in the season, who knows what's going on? Like, this is the Detroit Lions. We could be fighting for our life. It could be over. And in Detroit, we all know that doesn't mean the good way. Uh, I like our offense, but I like Cincinnati's defense. Good God, man. For some reason, fuck. Give me the ginger. Son of a bitch. All right. Last home. uh, Last game of the year. New Year's Eve. Home game. Guess who's rolling into town again? Jesus, that's going to be a fucking party night. Yeah. Yes. This team from Wisconsin. <sighs> well, either I'm going in a winner or a loser, but I'm going in with my team. Lions. I... I... I watched the Lions just fucking fold against this fucking team for so many years. These motherfuckers are shook. There's just no two ways about it. Give me the fucking pack. We couldn't do it last year when it meant something. Give me the fucking pack. That's... I'm gonna tell you what. That's... Lions fans, there's your fucking nightmare scenario. Is it comes down to this game, and you gotta win to fucking make the playoffs. Because there's be a whole lot of broken hearts come fucking 1201, 2018. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people stocking up on alcohol for good or bad reasons. No shit. <laughs> That's for real. All right. Doing the, the final tallies here. All right. Glass is half empty in my world. 
I got him at five and eleven. Rich, you got him at seven and nine. That's about right. I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. Earl, good. Holy shit. There, there will be no Lions t-shirts to be found. Jerseys will be on back order for six weeks. They'll be out of blue and silver face paint by Halloween. You have them at 13 and 3, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. That is ridiculous. That is fucking retarded, dude. Matt, <laughs> Matt Stafford won't be able to leave his house. <laughs> that is retarded, hey, hey, man. Hang on. Hang on. Yeah, I know please. you guys are laughing at it, but hang on. See, Skype knows he's so retarded, he's cutting his ass off. <laughs> now go ahead, Megatron. No, in, no, in all seriousness, they're, they're not playing Dallas. They're not playing the Patriots. They're not playing Seattle. So basically, if they make the playoffs, they're fucked, is what you're saying. That could be. I mean, that could be. But in the season, it's a pretty easy season. I mean, there might be some homer picks that I pick with Green Bay. So you got to be play Green Bay but twice. I mean, you got to play Pittsburgh. You got to play Atlanta. You got to play the Giants. Right, but I picked Atlanta, and I don't think the Giants have anything. They got a good receiving core. That's about it. Thirteen and three. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta right. say, that's I'm, dude. I'm telling you, you're so full of shit. Skype's even trying to cut you off, man. It knows better, dude. I, I, I you know what? I have to say this. It's the first step towards taking care of a problem is admitting you have one, and by picking them to lose three games, you've admitted you have a problem. So, congratulations. I can't shit on you too hard. And here's who he... Uh, who's the other... The Giants, the Falcons, and the the Steelers are the only teams that are going to beat the Lions this year. You are saying... You are saying... <coughs> <coughs> oh, saying those I didn't are, pick the Giants. What, didn't you pick the Lions to lose? Not against the Giants, I didn't. Oh, Jesus... <laughs> so okay, so we're up to fourteen and two. Fourteen and two. <laughs> the fuck out of here! Come on, dude. No, I'm saying I might be wrong against Green Bay, and that's it. So you're saying only the on the Lions' schedule, the only two teams better than them are Pittsburgh and Atlanta. Possibly <sighs> Green Bay, depending. Hey man, but yeah, you are a man of you are a man of principles. I'll give you that. You got convictions. Okay, dude, but seriously, look at the stats and tell me a team that I picked. Tickets will be on StubHub for $1,000 for that Green Bay game. All I'm saying, Chris, is look at that schedule and pick a team that I picked to lose against them other than Green Bay that's, that's really good. If this was the year where we had the best defense in Calvin Johnson, I'd say I'd give you your 14 and 2. Chris, we don't need it. Look at the schedule, buddy. I Like I'm saying, we don't play Dallas. We don't play New England. All the big, huge teams that we would, I'd just be like, oh, hell no. Like Falcons. I was like, oh, hell, duh, Falcons. But all the other big-name teams with, with big rosters, we don't play them during the season. 
you know, just to 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 pull a to pull an Iceman and fucking get all sidetracked and shit. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the Falcons handle that fucking choke job they did in the Super Bowl. Because I feel like this is one of those very rare times. That shit was legendary. Where this could be a situation where it's all or nothing. Like, it, that either broke that team or that gave that team such resolve to never let that happen again that we're, they're just going to come out and fucking be world beaters. And I think it's very rare that you get, like, in sports, that bad of a beatdown to where that is the outcome of, you know, what happens. I mean, it was like, what, five years after the the choke job that uh, the Yankees did against the Red Sox? Let them come back. That I mean, before they won, before they fucking won another World Series, and that team looked nothing like. I mean, well, not nothing, but a lot different than the team that they fucking put on the field in two thousand four. I mean, that's that's got to tell you something. That's a team that's like, uh, yeah, we kind of got to retool to get over fucking that bad of a choke job. I mean, because that is, dude, that choke job is so bad. It has cost me friendships. Like, I'm not bullshitting. Like, I had someone who just don't talk to me anymore because he's a fucking, he's an Atlanta Falcons fan. And I waited three days, according to him, to talk shit about it. When the truth is, I didn't see a meme that I thought was worthy of posting about it until three days later. And he got all fucking pissy and butt hurt. And if that's how a fan takes it, you know those players are taking it like that. They're not thrilled. So... That was just an aside I had. I just, I think I think it's an all or nothing situation for Atlanta this season. Okay, but Chris, pick a team that I I chose to lose against the Lions. That's a decent team that has a shot. That you chose to lose against the Lions, a decent team that has a shot. Uh. I, see, here's the thing. What, it, it, it doesn't matter what you say. He's going to dismiss it. See, Arizona, fucking, the New yeah, York Giants, Carolina. The Giants, you have a point. Carolina's going to be up in the air just because of fucking camp. This this team out of Wisconsin called Green Bay. That's what I said, other than Green Bay, because I might be wrong about Green Bay games. That's it. I think I think you're sleeping on fucking Tampa Bay because they're an up-and-coming team, and the well, Lions are say a Tam- fucking... As I say, Tampa Bay, we'll, we'll see. Tampa Bay is an up-and-coming team, whereas the Lions are, well, they're kind of good. They're not up-and-coming. They're uh, uh, down-and-going. The Lions aren't the band that's playing at the State Fair because they just put an album out. The Lions are the band playing the State Fair that just put an album out 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, they're the ones where, where the, the, you see a lot of femme mullets in the, in the crowd. A lot of mom, a lot of mom jeans up around, you know, over the belly button. If you're, button and if you're shit. playing the State Fair, you're on your way up. Or you're on your way down. Right now, both the Lions and Tampa Bay are playing at the State Fair. And I mean, okay, look, Steelers. Is that even a fucking question? <laughs> I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to think that the fucking Lions are going to fucking win against the Steelers. No, I picked the Steelers to win. Okay. Yeah, he picked. The the only two losses Detroit is incurring this year to the Falcons and the Steelers, according to the Iceman. And maybe Green Bay. Well, we don't have an M, so he picked them to win. 
Well, I'm just saying that's what he said. He he. Should he I put, stressed, a, should I put an asterisk that. by those now? I am gonna just to be a smartass. <laughs> well, you know damn well if, if fucking Green Bay beats him, he's gonna be like, I said maybe. So it's no, I'm not. I stand by my picks. Mark it. Mark it on the timer. Mark it pull zero. That, no, no. Mark it on the timer. Pull that drop. And I want to fucking when the Lions are fucking. Seven and nine. I want to hear. I want to hear what he's got to fucking say. I want to hear his excuse. What happened? Just saying. I mean, because let's be honest here. You really think they're going to go fourteen and two? You honestly think that? No. I mean, anything can happen in the NFL, dude. Seriously. If I'm being real, anything can happen any day. Cleveland could fucking beat him for all we know. We're not there yet. But here's the thing. Here's my train of thought. Just so you guys are clear. The runaway train of thought. No, this schedule is very, very subdued for the Lions this year. Can we just be real and agree on that? Like I said, we're not facing Dallas, New England, the the Titans of the NFL. We're not facing them during the season. How many playoff teams are they facing? That were how many teams that were in the playoffs last year are they facing? Two. Okay. They're facing Green Bay and Falcons. Well, that's, I mean, Falcons, mm, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just can't drink the Kool-Aid that heavy. I don't know. I, I, Are they also playing it, the Steelers? Yeah, postseason twenty. Yeah, the Steelers made the playoffs last year. The Giants made the playoffs last year. Four. The Falcons. Green Bay. Yeah, right. Green Bay. I included them in my four. But compared to what their season could look like and how hard it could be, it's a very subdued season for the Lions. If they have a shot at proving anything during the season, this would be one of those seasons. They, they okay. signed a, a great tackle, uh, got a great offensive line going now. Their defense is beefed up. They got a great receiving core. So then here if you go. We'll go through and we'll mark because here's what I think. Here's key games you got to win. You got to beat Arizona. You got to beat Carolina. You got to beat New Orleans because these are all teams that can go either way. You got to beat, beat Cincinnati. You got to beat Baltimore. You got to beat Tampa Bay and Cincinnati. <clears throat> Excuse me. My problem isn't with the strength of schedule. My problem is this team has done nothing but reinforce the stereotype that they are garbage on the fucking road for decades now. They have not been a threat to people on the road since fucking Barry's time, all right? That's where I think they fucking... And you can't tell me that that's not fucking with these guys' heads, or else they wouldn't continue to have that fucking problem. No, I I completely agree with you, Rich, and that's what I'm trying to say. If we're going to have any shot of ever breaking stereotypes... The, the tradition of losing on the roads, 
all, all of the bad things that people can associate with the Lions, if there's a season to do it, it's now. They got the pieces they need. The schedule isn't that tough, okay? So, I mean, it's theirs to lose. I got to pick them because it's theirs to lose. They're not going up against huge juggernaut teams. I will say this. I think that last season they proved to themselves and to the NFL that there was life after Calvin Johnson. And I think that was a very big question mark, not only for that team, but for the fucking, for the entire NFL. I, maybe I'm being pessimistic. But, I can't really take any other fucking super positives from last season. Yeah, because it ended with you lost to a busted-ass Seattle team. Like, you lost to a shell of a Seattle team. Like, if Seattle would have been, if Seattle would have been full health, that game would have been over in the first quarter. Here's, here's a thought, okay? Come week eight, we're not going to be talking about the Lions this much unless fucking Earl brings them up. Because even unless Earl's unless Earl's picks pan out the way he he picked them, their their season will be over by week eight. So damn sure if they fucking play like you picked them to play. Hey, but also too, if they win the I, I start them the the key games the the games that can go either way with how the teams have been playing. My record turns to nine and seven. So I mean that tells you right there. I mean you got to assume. Teams like the Giants, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Green Bay, you're going to drop those games. you got to beat mediocre Minnesota. you got to beat the shit show in Soldier Field. See, and I'm doing what you said last season, Chris. I'm putting the bar higher. And on this season, with that schedule, there's no reason that they can't go with a great record through the season. Dude, 14-2, and two, that is a bar we have no- Do you realize... We have all been on this planet about four decades. We've never seen that record come out of this team. Yeah, I mean that is a very that is a, that is a bold fucking statement right there to say they're going to go fourteen two. Because okay, look, an average NFL team is a five hundred team. That is, it, it just reeks of average. Okay, good NFL teams win all their home games and half their road games. That puts you at twelve and four right there. All right, so I mean we're talking some fucking rare air. If they go fourteen and two, I mean seriously, we're t- we're talking once again mid nineties Colts type fucking teams, right? But so. look, they're playing the Vikings twice, they're playing Chicago twice, and they're playing uh, the Browns. That's five games out the gate before we even get started. What's well, the saying? Those are the ones that you should. Those are the ones you should win, and then mm-hmm. okay, yeah. Like I, said, I mean, that's out the gate. Those are the five victories I have. Because <laughs> I have no confidence in them on the road or playing teams that have been better than them in the past. Or that's, But that's what I'm saying. If they, if they win, like I said, Arizona, Carolina, New Orleans, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, Cincinnati. Those are your key games this year. Those are, those are, those are already... We're saying it. Training camp hasn't even officially gotten in yet. Or I'm saying it on July 18th, 
2017. Well, now it's July 19th because after midnight. Dude, the these Saints are, are these a are your must. Shell. These are your must-win games. The Saints are a busted shell of what they used to be. Man. So prove it. Go in there and prove it. That's my whole statement about my picks, bro. With this season, this is their chance to prove that they deserve something. That they're here for real. That is why my bar is so high. Because this season, with this schedule, there's very few games that I'm like, oh, shit, yeah, that's going to be a loss. I'm saying there are four must-wins on your schedule before you've even unpacked your bags in Allen Park. If you want to prove you're for real, you got to win all the ones that you're supposed to win, plus these four key matchups. And if you can steal one from the Giants or the fucking Falcons, Green, one of the Green Bays or the Steelers, fucking God bless you. You know, and we're known to do that. We're known to to lose the games we're supposed to win and win the games we're supposed to lose. Yeah, that's another same old Lions situation. You know, yep. I mean, I, I dude, I get you. I get it. Okay, I really do. You, you know, you have faith in your team. I mean, to me, like I said, as a Bucks fan, last year was forward progress. This year. Minimum is make the. I mean, the bare minimum for that team for, for to be a good season, in my mind, is make the playoffs. Every year there has to be forward progress. My thing with the Lions is, and it's it's fucking maddening to watch, is that one year they'll have forward progress, and the next year just fa- the wheels fucking fall off, and it's like out of fucking nowhere. You've been to the playoffs two times in the last five years. It's, 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 you've, okay, you've proven to us that you can do it. Now you have to win a play. For me, my line is win a playoff game. You've proved twice in five years. I mean, it's, it's the most of my adult life. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's a very fair fucking demand to put on them. You show me like, you can look. get there, now show me you can get to the next round. Exactly. Show me you can fucking win a playoff game. Schwartz got you there. Fucking, and then, uh, no, three times, right? Because Caldwell's got us there twice. Schwartz got us there once. Yep. So it's three times in five years. That's the majority of the last five years you made the playoffs. Let's go. Let's get to the next round. Send Aaron Rodgers home crying, all right? Send fucking... Uh, Let him go relax on his couch. Yeah. <laughs> got to do something, man. Him and Manning can... Sit on the couch and talk about nationwide is on your side. You need to stop giving us these playoff blue balls. <coughs> you know, I know some guys got one one ball's blue, the other ball's silver. You know what? You know what's funny is that somewhere right now, someone is listening to this, going like, even your prediction is too fucking like hopeful for him, Chris. They're like, it's the fucking Lions. Why are they even talking about this shit team? Who gives a fuck if that's the local team? They haven't been relevant in fucking decades. You know someone's sitting there thinking that shit right now as we're talking. Yeah, well, they're also picked. They're like, the Detroit Lions? <laughs> in the NFL? Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, hey, the picks are in. And, I mean, obviously, like I said, four preseason games and and, and uh, training camp, anything could fucking happen. Hey, we go for undefeated... Uh, <laughs> preseason champs again. <laughs> I almost feel like if the Lions lose every preseason game, 
That's better than if they they win everyone. I I, I just feel that way. Oh, what you get mad and hang up, Iceman? Yeah, no, you know, I was fucking I was drugs saying. are kicking in and the fucking mute button keeps moving. Ah, well, did, <laughs> are you sure your eyes aren't doing the movement? <laughs> no, there's an advertisement that pops up on the side of Skype and it moves the buttons on the bottom. Local milfs in your area. Well, if the drugs are kicking in, that's probably a good, good spot to end the show. Man, 14 and 2. You are on drugs, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and mark that down. I'm also high when I'm picking. No, no, that's not it. No, I just, I honestly believe, like I said, this is their season to either make it or break it. I mean, you guys have to see that point. All the big juggernaut names are off of this schedule. I don't know how they did it. I don't know why they're not there, but they're not. No, you're I, you're absolutely right. In my opinion, it's a shit or get off the pot time. Because <clears throat> when Sue said, I'm not re-signing, and Megatron said, yeah, I'm going to go retire. That started that window closing for him. Unless... Uh, a miracle happens, and one of their draft picks comes out of fucking nowhere to be a, like you know a Brady esque superstar that breathes you know <clears throat> an extension into the you know their their window of an opportunity to win you know to be a contender a legit contender. It's closing. Aaron Rodgers hits his head, and all of a sudden, it's, I will not play another down of football unless it's for the Detroit Lions. <laughs> <laughs> what? Would you, okay. Would you, would you sign Aaron Rodgers to thirty million a year? Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Guy's got some rings. I'll give him thirty million on the back end. Win a super, you get sixty million dollars. You win a Super Bowl because you know the the person who wins us, the quarterback who finally wins us a Super Bowl. He, it doesn't matter if he. Wins anything else after his jersey will be retired on that principle alone. <laughs> if he gets us to the Super Bowl, we've never even been to the show. That's what I'm saying. The guy who does that, that's what I'm saying. You're, you could be a rookie. It's guaranteed your shit's going to get raised to the rafters. Uh, dude, I don't think Lions fans are going to be like, well, we're just happy to be here. They're going to have to fucking win. No, that's I, just that, all that, that's what I'm I meant win. I didn't mean get two. I meant win the motherfucker. Well, no. Most Lions fans would be happy to get to it. I mean, we'd be... We, we'd lose our fucking minds if we lo- if we won. But we've never even been there. Burn down what's left of the city. Hey, we're starting at the queue line. We're just going to throw Molotov cocktails as it rolls up and down Woodward. <laughs> just <laughs> do a slow speed chase. People on foot outrunning the queue line. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. All right, so is uh, it, should we call it a show? I'm frothing. Oh, hey, uh, yeah, we call it a show. Uh, I'm going to throw up on uh, the ChristopherMedia.net homepage the link to sign up for our Fantasy Football League. I'll be throwing it in the social media, too. Uh, but by the time this show is posted, you should be able to go to ChristopherMedia.net, scroll down, and where we have all the ads and the donate button, I will have the link. I'll put it. I'll put it. Put it first thing. I'll put it even above the donate button, so it'll be easy to find. You click through. You sign up. It's an ESPN league. 
Uh, you sign up for free, and then once we get it filled, we'll decide what we would like to do as consenting adults. But, you know, you hear the Iceman talk a lot of shit. You hear me talk a lot of shit about fantasy sports. You want to play? Yeah, but remember now, this is popping Iceman's cherry. That's tough shit. He's talking shit. Yeah, I, mean, I don't like fantasy football. <laughs> you already, t- you can't untalk shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to kick your ass. This is my rookie season, and I'm going to kick your okay, ass. Okay, Zeke. I'll call you Zeke if you kick my ass. When? When I kick your ass? Yeah. Oh, man. We'll see. See. Come on, you here. dancing monkey. Then, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a callback like a motherfucker. And then here's me just going, I just hope I win one game. I'll just draft the Bucks. see what happens. <laughs> I'm like Bernie Mac when in the fantasy football uh, uh, episode where his son has to explain to him. He's like, so uh, so now we got to draft a team, Bernie, Uncle Bernie. Okay, I draft the 85 Bears. Uh, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> I'll take the 2002 Bucks. Yeah, no, right? You, you can't do that, stupid. <laughs> 2000 Ravens, do it. I'll take the 2009 Patriots. Oh, shit. But, so look for that, valued listeners. And hey, once again, uh, killing it with the downloads. So you're out there, you're liking it, you're retweeting it, you're sharing it, you're telling your friends about it. Make sure you rate us five stars wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, leave a comment because uh, think about it. We're in the age of the Google review. I mean, personally, I travel a lot when I'm on the road and I'm going to a, a new place. Uh, that is the first place I check. What am I walking into? And it's kind of the same thing with podcasts. You leave a comment, people kind of know what to expect. If you like it. Haters, we don't need you leaving a comment, all right? But, uh, yeah, at Sporgy Podcast on Twitter. You can email Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. Sporgy underscore podcast on Instagram. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will catch you next week. All right. Later, guys. Peace out, y'all. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.